All right. I guess watching the live games because they're so early in the morning but um, I think 
you know, to follow them this season in the championship has been, you know, st- stressful at times. You know, I've, I've got up for the key games. Um, and look, it's, as I said, it, it's not to be underestimated to get out of that league. And I think Rafa has done a fine job. I think the business that he did initially was um, excellent. I think selling the two guys, Wijnaldum, Soko, obviously Townsend wanted to leave as well. And, uh, and making those changes and, and getting Richie on board with Gale as well, I think that was, that was key. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at times Newcastle looked like they were going to run away with it, but, um, you know, they were pegged back a couple of times and, and had a couple blips. You know, really relieved to, to get it over the line in the end. And, um, yeah, just, just delighted that I think it's, you know, relief I think is, is really the feeling, isn't it? I think more, more than anything in terms of making sure that, that we got back at the first time of asking. Um, yeah, so delighted really. I guess in terms of, you know, I guess the feeling from down under, it's... Um, not a huge fan base down there, I'll be honest with you. Um, so in, there is a Newcastle pub that you can get to. There's a small sort of following down there. Um, but, yeah, just delighted to be back in the big time, Davis, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think when it's when it, Newcastle, especially, but even today, Chris, isn't it? I think all during the season, Neil, Neil knows what I mean by this, but Newcastle fans have been belittled for the fact that we we came and we came back into the... Championship, and you know we were a big time team, and mm. we we spent so much money. Mm. Uh, you know, not not a lot, of, not a lot in relative terms when it comes to Newcastle United. But every step of the way, every comment, everything we do, it's even today, wasn't it? Um, obviously, Neil and Chris, um, when you look at the belittling uh, of Newcastle United by Craig Bellamy, who should know better uh, when it comes to Newcastle United, and Tim Sherwood um, saying that we, um, you know expect too much and uh, you know listening to him he's lucky I'm not in the studio because what? you would think when somebody uh, lives in this area lives and breathes the area uh, the only thing I agree with is that when it comes to Newcastle United um, you know we're, we're, a, we're a big a big team in our own area but we're one of the biggest teams in Europe I think we're in the top 25 I believe so top 20 mate I think top mm. 20 yeah so it, I think it's like what do you think Neil when it's when it comes to Newcastle United and the way we're being perceived, and imagine we're being raided this week, Look, uh, which adds I, another dramatic insight I, I, into what's I, going on. Andrew, the, the whole expectation thing is a very lazy thing and an easy thing for people to throw out who, shouldn't, who don't know better in terms of Tim Sherwood and who should know better, but he can't help but shoot his mouth off in the case of Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy's a little bit like Robbie Keane who went round signing for clubs that he'd always supported as a boy. So you cannot really take anything that Craig Bellamy says seriously. Um, it's a very easy, lazy thing to, to trot out. Um, expectations, well, what do we expect? We've not won a cup since 1969. So mm. what the hell are we supposed to expect? We're the ones with unrealistic expectations. Well, you've got Arsenal fans still doing the Wenger hokey-cokey. And they've had like 15 years of unbroken championship, Champions League appearances it's ridiculous you want to know about expectations and people that have not a sense of reality there it is there right there it's not us and actually things like this relegation and promotion season has knocked some of the corners off some of the edge off some of the lads who maybe did get a bit mouthy at times and we've started to come back together and reunite mm-hmm. and as a fan base we'll, we'll, we'll do you know what it just helps somebody like Rafa to build the siege mentality around St James's Park and, and you take the Millwall attitude, nobody likes us, we don't care. 
mm. and why should we care? We care about Newcastle United and what we're doing on and off the pitch. And on the pitch, it's been brilliant, and off the pitch, here we go again. There's another drama, mm. born out of something odd. Yet again, it's you notice it's us that's getting put in the firing line because mm. it's easy to put us in the firing line. You've got to remember there was arrests made at West Ham as well. Mm. Yet the only place that people have been named is anybody associated with Newcastle United. So who's the big club, ladies and gentlemen? Let's yeah. th- let's talk about that, shall we? <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it's 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 a fascinating situation. It's an unusual situation. Um, my understanding of what they're looking at is similar to something they looked at at Leeds once, and Leeds ended up with a, I think a half a million pound fine, and that was a few years ago. So you know, uh, but we're, we're kind of, we're kind of sp- that's all speculation. We shouldn't really talk about it, to be fair, because it's an ongoing investigation. Well, right speculation well. um, <laughs> but you know, everybody is going to want to talk about it, so we, we, we've got to pay some lip service to it. But meanwhile, on the pitch, we're doing very well, and here we go again. Let's trot something out at the fans. Well, let's look at the attendances. You know, the, 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 that we've been everybody's cup final home and away for the whole season. We've gone into that, that, that league with a patched-up squad with something that was designed to drag out of the championship. A division that's like quicksand. The more you struggle, the further you get pulled into it. You look at somebody. Look at the bottom of that table. The bottom of that table, Blackburn, Nottingham Forest. They were Premier League teams not so long ago. Mm. It shows what happens to you when you get stuck in that league for a period of time. We were all told that the Leeds training was coming forward and Newcastle and Brighton should be should be terrified, and that's come off the rails. They haven't even managed to make the playoffs in the end. Um, it's it's a it, it's horrible, horrible, horrible division. Brighton have had four years of this. They've been in and around the playoffs for four years. They've had four years of preparation. They've got people in that squad who've been through this n- now on their fourth go. And they're lucky that Hutton stuck with them, that the owner stuck with them, and that a lot of those players are stuck with them. There's not many teams will do that because teams like that will get dismantled. You know, you look at Sheffield Wednesday's side this season, for example. They don't go up through the playoffs. I bet they lose three or four of their men to either other teams that have come down from the Premiership or some Premiership sides will sniff around some of their players and the two players will disappear. And will they have to put up with another playoff tack or will they be going for the title? Who knows? In that division, really, genuinely, who knows? That division's always a coupon buster for anybody's putting a... A, a bet on, you know, you put your put your accumulated bets on, and there's always the championship that screws you over every week, because it, that's the nature of the division. And we're not going to get any of the plaudits for that. It's just going to be let's go for the easy targets. But once again, the clubs made were an easy target by doing something bloody stupid off the pitch. Mm, yeah, Rant I over. Think that, that <laughs> I think that's the problem. This week, you know, I've I've got my own source when it comes to Newcastle, but. The interesting thing I found about the raid that took place, I think it took everybody by surprise, especially after the, the couple of days when people were just getting, you know, getting used to the fact that Newcastle are going to go up, and then you, you know, you have this um, when it comes to Newcastle with, with Lee China being arrested. Um, I think obviously even Rafa turned around and said, well, if this was linked to seven years ago, uh, but I think Lee wasn't, um, you know, in that department anyway. So I think the, the only thing that struck me is that they, 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 they did turn around and say he was arrested. It, and that to me, the, you can imagine being taken for question to, to be in, um, um, you know, asked about this, that and the other. The fact they, they arrested him was quite uh, startling to me. And um, even when it comes to the window, um, you know, I've, my source, because I actually do bits and pieces, 
tell me that um, Newcastle warned um, the back end of last year that HMRC were, um, you know, warning them about agents and fees and whatnot, and uh, that was the reason why we didn't buy anybody in January because they had been warned about it. So when I heard that little chestnut, and um, I, I was, you know, everything with Newcastle starts to make sense, but the fact that you don't, that you're kind of pre-warned through different circles that, um, you know, you're being, there's things going on that they, they, they're aware of. Even though it says seven years ago, I, my immediate retort to that question was, well, if they're told not to, to buy anybody due to the suspicious, suspicious things, transaction in the past going on, why, you know, it's, a lot of things have been said, that's the problem isn't it, with Newcastle, you, know, you never quite, ne things are never the way that you, you think they are, um, and then, you know, fast forward uh, to more or less um, a couple of days, Newcastle then play uh, Cardiff, uh, and I expected a tougher game actually to, uh, against Warnock, Warnock, and then um, I, I thought the, the two goals we got were really splendid, and again, it, it, ball, lifts, it, it lifts us, it lifts, you know, with Newcastle, it is a 24-hour experience, things happen, you know, we get back to normal, and I love, you've got, the, the more that you listen to to Rafa, and even, what was your thoughts on the Jamie Carragher comments about, about being a, a politician all through his career? And, um, yes. You know, and the fact that he always talks he's, about he's, the he's, he's doing it now, and he's been doing it since January. Mm. And and it's about strengthening his position and weakening the position of others. And the HMRC tax uh, thing has weakened the position of two others. Um, gives him more control. Gives him an upper hand. His comments. I'm damn sure he knew something was coming the day before when he was asked if he was staying, and he was quite light tipped and typically. Well, political. Uh, I think he had wind that so there was something in the air, you know. Um, you think so? He, he is think very Charlie much a politician. Well, he wouldn't be really, but you know, it, 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 it's who knows, mate. You know, but and, and then again, you go back on the field, and you're quite right. Though, mm -hmm. That performance at Cardiff was a team who'd had the weight of the world taken off their shoulders, and you could see it. And those goals were superb. They were sublime, too. Delicious goals. Really, really lovely goals. I love to hear them because it's And it was the first time the fixtures have let us apply a little bit of pressure to Brighton. All season, they've had pole position on when they've played. The Football League can't, has panned out to when they wanted to play. The Football League made us travel to Brighton midweek in the middle of all that horrible run when we had Huddersfield away and we had Fulham at home and it was horrible. You know, um, and, and they got their own way on that fixture. And, and, and it's the first time we were able to put just a little bit of pressure on Brighton. And what happened at the weekend? They bottled it. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And, and Rafa, even his attitude post-match. Even his attitude post-match. Oh, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to go and spend some time with my family. I'm sure somebody will come and tell us the result. He was bloody watching it. I'm quite sure he was watching it. But <clears throat> it's all... Right, Brighton, over to you. Come on, then. And, and they dropped the, they dropped the ball. Now we're going to the last season. If you would have told me at the start of the season you're going to go into the last game already securing promotion, you're one point behind Brighton for the title and you've got a game each to play, will you take it? And I would have snapped your hands off because we've achieved objective number one, the sole objective, get out of this bloody mire of a division. Mm. And anything else is gravy. 
anything else is gravy. And mm. so, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance now. We've got to go and take it. Yeah, I thought, I must admit, when it was just nice, I must I did watch the Brighton game. I didn't really think I would, but I was switching over to different things as well at the same time because mm. it's such an awful, <laughs> so awful to watch it. But, like, uh, when you watch them and, you know, they planned a... Uh, I think an opera singer to come on, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you can imagine the title was probably on the corner. <laughs> yeah, and away you know what? <laughs> they've done they've done all of that, and you're telling me some of that didn't filter into the dressing room a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those lads got the deck chairs out and said, "Hey, we're 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 open. We've got the title. It's all in the bag." And then up popped Bristol City, who um, te- I think technically they needed a point to be sure. Yeah. But you know what they've okay. done is they've ensured the integrity of this game. At a time when lots of things of integrity in the game, including what, what's been levied at us at West Ham and others, um, but there's a lot of question marks over the integrity, integrity of officials, integrity of how the game works out, integrity over betting scandals. Joey Barton's just been hammered for, for betting. While he was betting against us to bloody lose, while he was playing for, well, by the way, but, but that's another matter. Um, you know, it, 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 that Bristol City can... T- Turn, turn around and do that. It gives you some hope that there is some actual integrity in the game still. Yeah, I must admit, I I think when it comes to Joey, but that's the thing is, when it comes to Joey Barton and what's what's been happening, you know, the, the football league is sponsored by Ladbrokes, and uh, yep, sorry, and, the and, Premier League and, is sponsored by Ladbrokes, and look, <laughs> but Andrew, this, it's on every, this it's is on why though the French, the French, channel. the French uncoupled certain things. From sports sponsorship um, a long time ago, and the, the 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 cottoned on that alcohol and cigarette sponsorship, for example, in sports wasn't a good combination, and the the, the cottoned on that betting wasn't a good combination, mm-hmm. and and we're stupid enough to still allow so many things, and, and unfortunately, the more bookmakers are involved in bet in sponsoring the game at various levels. Again, it comes back to this integrity. You now go. You can run a book on some of the weirdest things in football from a betting point of view now. Um, and and yes, it's 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 not allowed over here where I live, but people still do it through VPNs and they can access the sites and do what they like. And there's a couple of lads that are watch the match with us regularly. You've got to always got their phones on the go on the on the bar top because they've got a little little thing on all. I've got such and such on to take the next corner, and you're like, what? You know, this is it. It, 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 it the, somebody like the crazy gang who would have had a field day. You know, the Wimbledon players have quite openly said, in the, you know, in the aftermath of everything, yeah, we had an uh, we had the kit man go and put a shed load of our money on the first throw in to be within the first five seconds of the game when spread betting first hit the game, and what did they do when they won the kickoff? Put it straight into touch. And everybody went home happy with a bundle of cash in their pockets. You know, and, and that just shows you how easy it is. Football is a very difficult game to manipulate in the same way, say, for example, cricket is. Because a bowler can quite categorically say, in my third over, I will bowl a no ball on my third ball of my third over. He's in total and utter control of that. There are very few situations in football, and putting the ball straight out from the kickoff is one of them, where you are in total and utter control of it. And so it begs the question, and at any moment when somebody's in total and utter control of something, they can do something horrendous. That's why, partly, and this was missed 
when they had, we had that penalty against Burton that was mm. disallowed and he then given an indirect free kick for reasons known only to himself, one of the big panics within the game would be, well, hang on, it, has, he been t- has he under instructions not to allow Richie to score, for example? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, because it, that would explain the inexplainable. I'm quite sure he wasn't, but there's a scenario where someone's so in total control of a situation. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy, Andrew. And that's why the, the hypocrisy, in some respects, of taking Joey Barton to the cleaners mm. and effectively finishing his career um, over this, this betting thing, which, I mean, the other thing as well, he's not a very good gambler, by the way, by the looks of the, <laughs> the, 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 the bets. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he should probably be banned for 18 months for some of the bets he bloody made. Um, the, the, by doing that, but whilst also taking bags of cash off Vladbrokes to sponsor the division, is a little bit duplicitous and doesn't look good. Well, you know, when you've got... When you, well, when you, as I noticed when I, was, when I was back last week, you know, every moment at half-time you've got Ray Winstone's big head appearing <laughs> on the football screen telling you, bet nah! You know, um, uh, th- these are things I don't miss, my friend. Um, and, and, and the, 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 but the pressure that puts on society, if you've just got to go and look on Twitter and see, see some of the lads that we probably both following in the right way, putting their bets up and putting what they're up, um, and do I cash out on this and mm. what have you, it, it, it's, it's, it's as thriving an industry as it, as it ever been mm. at this it moment is. in time. Yeah. And why is it in a the guy that did the, the pie thing on the FDA yes. He's had his life absolutely ruined. Yes, and he was bloody stupid. But he was everything. he was bloody stupid as well. Mm. Oh yeah, you know. Um, he said he didn't know he didn't know that they betted, but it cl- he quite clearly did. It was it wasn't uh, something because yeah, he actually that, admitted that, it, that, didn't absolute. he? He admitted absolute. it. It was crazy. You don't admit to anything like that, especially because I, I even thought at the time I thought, well, it's it's you know he's not he's not going to play anyway, and then all of a sudden. Yes, they're, they're shouting about the pie and the way that he did it, but as soon as he opens his mouth and says, oh yeah, I heard about it, Look, well, there's nowhere else to go back from there. It created a bit of furore because people like Gary Lineker started chipping in by saying, you know, where's the, where's the soul of the game gone and blah blah But for me, that, that is why the FA had to act, because to keep some of the integrity in there. I don't mind a, a, a fat lad having a laugh is one thing. A fat lad having a laugh when somebody potentially is manipulating the betting market is an entirely different thing indeed. Mm. Um, whether he was aware or whether he was not, it's just stupid. Uh, and you're right, it's, it, it, and this is, this is the kind of thing that happens and it ruins careers and lives and all kinds of things and that's why it needs to be worked on and worked on hard. It's an um, it's a, it's a awful sort of situation for the lad himself in some respects, but in other respects he shouldn't have been so bloody stupid. Yeah, well, we've got all this going on in the game, Andrew. That's that's why, you know, it, they've, they've got to be careful then. If you're taking the money off the bookmakers for sponsorship, you've got to handle situations like Barton, I think, a bit more carefully than they did because they've allowed it to become a, a bit of a circus again. I think with Barton, I think because, you know, he's, he's talking about his gambling addiction, um, with regards to that, and obviously that went part of the appeal. But the fact that he's appealing and he saw he obviously no, saw the result, he's accepted. But 
I, I can imagine what will happen is they'll they'll take a few more months off. So yeah, but I think it'd be a great pundit to be honest with you. Surprise people on jump. Well, I'm, I'm damn sure once it all calms down. Um, I'm quite sure you'll see him on a television screen somewhere. I've got no doubt about that because he's not frightened to give the, give an opinion. Look, it, it, it comes back. To what, what did you think about? I don't mind Bellamy having a pop at uh, talking about Newcastle, but what do you think about Sherwood? Obviously, uh, I watched it with him and Richard Keyes. I saw a, a link earlier today, but you're there. Were you listening? Did you watch the way that I, he was talking about Newcastle? He's got I've, no idea. I've, what he's I've only I've only seen the clip. Um, I didn't see it live at the time um, because um, well I didn't um, look at Sher- Sherwood's there and he and he's and he has likes to portray himself as a certain type of character the guy is the manager doing the salutes on the touchline and doing all this stuff strutting around like he owns the place wherever he is and actually he's not doesn't appear to be that good really um, and so it's part of his character to say something to provoke a reaction to sound big and clever um, and he's taking the easy line the expectations line what does he know that played most of his football in London and managed at Villa unsuccessfully there's a club he should, he should be talking about what's their expectations the way some of that lot have gone on this season with us, mm. while they while they were flapping at the lower half the half the table, uh, ironically they 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 could hand with the, the golden opportunity at the weekend, but that's another matter. Um, what does Sherwood actually know? So what makes his opinion terribly valid? Um, they want to tell with one hand we're not a big club, nobody gives a shit, yet they want to give with every opinion about with that they possibly can give. So if we're not a big club, do you know what you should do, Tim Sherwood and others? Just stop talking about it. Mm. Just don't mention it. If it's not that important, why are you talking about it? And, and that's an answer. Nobody can give me an answer. If you, you put somebody down, and you know, we have this moment out here, sometimes we Liverpool fans in the bar that we get in, because it's, something, it's, it's, it's where most of Liverpool supporters club meet, and particularly the ones that get in there with South Coast accents, who start talking about Newcastle being small small time and who are you who are you and all this that the other uh, and their history of Newcastle United seems to start in around 1992 forward um, and they're very quick to give you an opinion about what they think of our club and how insignificant it all is and so when we turn around and say well do you know what you should do just stop talking about it when you see us standing in the bar here in colours just ignore yeah. it what, what are you even coming over and talking about? And they all just stand there like goldfish, flapping their mouths, nothing coming out, because they can't give you an answer, because they know they're in themselves a contradiction. Tim Sherwood's classic example. Lazy, easy thing to say to get a little bit of news on the telly, and it's worked for him. So there's Tim Sherwood in the news, talking about Newcastle fans and expectations, when actually he doesn't really know what the hell he's talking about. And frankly, if it's not that important, stop talking about it, son. It's funny how he that you know he was he was doing really well at Tottenham, you know had the players playing for him and doing really really well. How he's how he's gone down the pipe, and yep. uh, you know how he's how he's basically uh, you know because I think Bristol City right Bristol I think that group of players and the remember the core of that group of players are the ones that Pochettino's now 
working with. Probably worked them out that he was a gobshite. They probably got took so much of it and then got to the second season and thought, this guy's a one-trick pony. He lost that dressing room somewhere down the line. And there's only one reason, it wasn't the players. And so, you know, this is the, this is the kind of thing we'll put up. And you know we're going to have to put up with it again next season. We're going to be told, oh, you're in a back in the Premier League, you'll be talking about winning the league, are you? Well, no, we know how difficult next season's going to be. Um, that's before we're potentially hamstrung by anything else. Um, let's give it a chance to enjoy the moment and get up first, and then we'll re- regroup. And as a fan base, we've got to start reeling back against this. And, and as I said to you earlier, this gives Rafa a wonderful ab- ability to create a siege mentality. Nobody likes us. We don't care. Let's put the wagons around St. James's Park. This is our fortress. This is our home. This is all we care about, and sod the rest of you. I was going to say, actually, the interesting thing I've found about this whole um, you know, saga uh, since we got into the championship and when it comes to the owner, um, mm. I think because everybody seems to be talking about, uh, obviously when Bellamy and Sherwood were talking about it, the one thing I took from um, Bellamy was that the only thing he was right about, because he, he was, was a long and wise way of talking about Newcastle, but um, he mentioned... Uh, about you know the owner putting money in. Mm. Well, if we if we look back in Newcastle's history, um, to me, just the way that the owner was talking, um, he had he had enough. I remember when supposed, you know that company he owns was um, being um, investigated by different different things, and I believe mm-hmm. the Labour Party would end the the, the no um, the contracts uh, that they they've got. Uh, and other companies as well uh, with the with the election around the corner. So um, every time we spoke about Newcastle, especially the last time, it was complete and utter disdain. Mike Ashley, to me, I'll, I'll get your opinion in a second, but um, Mike Ashley, to me, he's, a, he's certainly at a crossroads. I think it's too easy to turn around and um, say that he is... Um, you know, because he's got a great vehicle with the Premier League and the fact that he can, um, you know, get a lot of publicity from Newcastle. They, you know, he's mm. been there, he's been with us for such a long time. I think it's, it, I think him actually being in charge is very much a crossroads. And I think the fact that yes, he should have a chat with um, with Rafa Benitez. Half of me thinks yes, it'd be great. I'm sure that Rafa will possibly get what he wants and. Uh, but part of me thinks, well, does Mike actually really want it enough to give him enough money to go through with the plan? It's, to me, the way that he's been told by Newcastle um, is, is a man that just wants out. And um, obviously I remember somebody this week, I think Louise Taylor of the Guardian, had mentioned a, a takeover. But um, I, I think he's definitely at the crossroads of... of of what's going on with Newcastle, so I think it could be a good punt that you know if he wants to sell it, it's it's he's in a good spot to do it uh, because I don't think he wants it. I don't, I don't think he wants it anymore. You're right in that respect. If if he genuinely has had enough and would like to make a sale, now is probably the time potentially he has uh, to take a very good price for it. Um, 
However, anybody coming in is going to want to spend 100, 150 million on the on a squad as well. So the, the the saving grace for us is you don't have to go and build a new ground or you know all of that kind of malarkey that other clubs might need. Um, the problem we have we might actually want to sell is notoriously, and I know this first and um, he. he He's greedy when it comes to making deals, and he'll change his mind at the last minute about what the price he wants is. And so, um, the likelihood of a sale going through, I, I, I doubt it. So I think this is something where his metal is now going to be tested, and the person to test his metal is Rafa Benitez. That's it. Okay. And this is, this is where Rafa yeah. Benitez, the politician, comes in. Yeah. And this is where what you, what we're building up to the crescendo of everything that was, was started in January when players weren't signed and things weren't done and he made it quite clear that he wasn't happy about that um, and I don't don't think it's all on the owner's shoulders that mm-hmm. and I think um, I think it would be naive of us to quite easily just jump and blame it all on the owner um, then there's Rafa the politician at work and if, and if anybody's really going to look him in the whites of the eyes and say right have you got the kahunas for this or not? Because mm. everybody can surely see now the potential in this place. Mm. When we unite, by God, we're irresistible, we're infectious. Mm. And would, it, it just has that feel in a very different way to the, the, the last, the, the promotion under Keegan, and in a very different way to the promotion under Hutton, that we're on the verge of just having a nudge to just you know, becoming established in the top flight and stable again. And, th- and you know what? That would be success for me at the moment. Yeah, I've got a, I, I'm talking about a crescendo. Uh, mm. uh, I think I've got Keith Downey from Sky Sports on the line. Is that you, Keith? Mm. Hello, is that you, Keith? Silence. Silence. There's somebody there, but uh, I've got uh, some... It's that, uh, obviously I'll I'll put it back on mute if it's not Keith. Is that you, Keith? No, nope, don't know who it is. Okay, so um, you're right when it comes to the fact that um, um, when it comes to Mike Ashley, uh, he has a big decision to make. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether we can get probably the the last takeover I heard could be linked to to, to Chinese investment, and but obviously Louise Turner really going into too much detail about that. I think. Um, it was. It's going to be one hell of a gangbusters meeting between Rafa Benitez and Mike Ashley. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's one of them things that you wish you could periscope it. <laughs> just, to, oh, just, to, just to see. I think. I think he's got. I think when it comes to Newcastle, he's got a duty to Newcastle United, um, the fans, the city, uh, everything about that's to do with Newcastle United. He's def. He's definitely got to be able to turn around to us and say, okay, well, um, you know, this is what I want to do. Because Mike actually, mm. when it came to his other company, he went on TV and said, listen, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get it right, I take full responsibility. Well, this is new cash later, which I, I actually think is bigger than what he's doing already. So I'm just going to quickly click on my season. Is that, uh, who, who's on the line? Is that uh, Keith Downey? Or is that John? Hello? Andrew, Andrew, it's me, man. Oh, it's John. Okay, John. Andrew, you can, you can stay there. I'll, 
Yeah, you can stay there for a minute. I'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Just, sure. We'll just continue sure. talking. Um, I don't mean. That's John. That's a regular fan Newcastle. I, I did look at the number, and I think it was John. But um, um, so he's got a very big decision to make, Neil. And um, I, mm. I just think it. I think it is. I just think it is time. I think we've been through. So the, obviously, the big thing is about Newcastle is that could we get somebody with the price tag to come in? That's always going to be the issue, isn't it? I think. Yes. Um, that's the problem. Because that that. Because you're looking at around, you're looking at um, 400 million anyway, and um, who, who's who's going to you know the right mind going to pay? But it's it's cheap at half the price. But I just think with uh, look the with only him, place that would spend that kind of money, the only place that that kind of money can come from is the Far East at the moment. It's not going to come from here in the Middle East because oil money's dried up a bit. And um, and and so that ain't happening. They've spent all their football money for now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the money's China and the Far East. Now, can we look at how many successful Far East owners there are at the moment <laughs> in the game in the world? Well, one of them has just been denied, isn't it? One of them. Uh... Yeah, and 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 you've got the high, the currently the, the highest paid footballers in the world. Are playing in the Chinese league on, and they're not necessarily retirement plans for some of them, but you know, for uh, someone like the lad that used to be at Southampton, whose name escapes me at the moment, who plays alongside CC in China, who's got you know, no Southampton footballer. Oh, uh, um, oh, I think Font is it? Pele. Pele, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's apparently he's one of the highest paid footballers in China at the moment. He's on something like 16 million euro. Um, he's about 30, 33, 34 years well. Yeah, he's, he, he mightn't even be quite that. He's, he's certainly 31, 32, something like that. And he's at, uh, was it Shandong, whatever. Um, the, the name of the club escapes us, but it's where yeah. CC is playing as well. Yeah. And he's 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 the highest paid player in China. Um, that's the, so. Do they have the kind of money to spunk on football? Yes, they do. Are the bonkers enough to do it? Yes, they are. Um, would you trust any of them with a football club? No. No more than I would trust Gary Glitter as a school crossing guy. Not happening there. Um, do we want that to add to the circus in the Castle United? The first Premier League team to be taken over by a, uh, you know, China. Do we want someone like Villas manager and Villas owner in charge, Dr. Tony, who can get wound up on mm. Twitter by by Tom Clements? I don't think so. Um, he's as mad as a box of frogs inside of a box of snakes. I mean, he just is properly loopy. Some of the some of the tweets you need. I'm sure some of his tweets are codes to activate agents around the world because mm-hmm. well, you cannot understand the buggers. I mean, he's just <laughs> he's away with it, and and, to, and so I've that's that's a, you know. Yeah, you've, you've got the gap. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've got to bring, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you, Sam, but I've got to bring in my main call this evening. It's Keith Downey from Sky Sports. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Hi. Good evening. I'm good. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. So it's been an interesting week for you, hasn't it? When I caught you outside there breaking. The, the latest news on Newcastle United and Lee Charnley. Um, 
obviously we'll get to what you've done in the past and uh, but what, what was it like that day because I must admit I worked across the street from there and I'd, I heard rumblings afterwards regards to Newcastle and their finances but it was cl- clearly bonkers because obviously I, tried, I talked to you but it was, a, it was an amazing day what was it like for you as well? Well, I was supposed to be on a day off, so it wasn't a great. So you can imagine the, uh, you can Im- when you're covering a patch like this and you're solely responsible for the northeast. When something like that happens, you need to just kind of ready yourself and get there in an extra quick time. So I, I pretty much had half an hour between the time the story broke and our and our first live. So yeah, it was all it was all pretty frantic, um, and as you can imagine, is it. As the day went on and the story developed, it kind of grew arms and legs, and then it obviously got to the, the stage at the end of the day when uh, when Lee Charnley was was released without charge, and then it's kind of gone kind of quiet since then, hasn't it? I mean, obviously yeah. it's rumbling on the background. I'm sure it will for some amount of time to come, um, but it was yeah, it was. I mean, listen, I've, I've been working on this patch now for three and a half, nearly four years, and there's been plenty of managers being sacked and, you know, some strange choices of managers being appointed. We've seen the Adam Johnson story, we've seen all sorts, mm-hmm. but this was probably as, as crazy a day as, as it has been in that in that nearly four years I've been here. What did you think about the fact that they arrested him? Because uh, it was interesting that they got him They got him quite early in the morning at his house, I must admit that. Um, but he wasn't really involved with Newcastle United in that in the transfer side of it. Um, obviously, I saw pictures of him when he when he when he was being followed back home, and um, it's quite disturbing. I must admit, it's it's funny, isn't it? You you think it's quite disturbing, and then the next day you've got the calmest man in the whole world <laughs> at a press conference saying, "Oh, it's all right. It was seven years ago. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. It's ha- it's not happening now." But the fact that, as Neil uh, mentioned, it got glossed over because West Ham were also raided, and they also had contacted Chelsea. Yeah, but I think I think the reason it was a bigger story in Newcastle was because of those who were arrested at that stage. We only had one name, and that was Lee Charnley. The others hadn't arrested at that stage. Uh, we've obviously since learned there's been a couple of agents, uh, Sylvain Marvaux, the former Newcastle United player. But at that stage, it only was the, we only had the one name, so that was probably why it was a bigger story um, in Newcastle. With regard to Rafa Benitez, um, I know he came across very calm the next day when he addressed the topic, but I I, looked him in the eyes and I could tell that he was, I think he was quite troubled by the whole thing and I think he was quite worried about it. Um, There'd obviously been a lot of a lot going on behind the scenes at the club. I mean, I spoke to a couple of the players who said you know, they arrived in from training having had a day off because they, they got the day off after they went against Preston and it took them up. They had the day off, arrived back to find, you know, HMRC officials going through the offices, raided the offices. So you can imagine the manager and players arriving to find that, you know, 37 hours having, after having clinched promotion. You can imagine how shocked they were. And although Rafa came across quite calm that day at the news conference, I don't I, I could see a bit of, you know, worry in his eyes. We obviously have to be careful what we say because it's, it's obviously an open case at the moment. But yeah. um, it was a crazy couple of days at the club. I, I don't think this is—I don't think that's the last we've heard of it. Certainly, but I think with matters elsewhere, it's kind of gone in the back burner for the last few days, anyway. 
I must be the, I just by listening to Rafa, I must be the calm me down because it's a massive story and um, the fact that I actually think, I don't know about you kids, but obviously we don't know, but I think the fact that Ashley didn't even know about the raid, that, that's what I'm, I think, I think I read about that, that he, he didn't even yeah. know about it. And the interesting thing I found about Charlie, the way Newcastle's statement was the shortest statement in history, because I sensed that he was the one that made that statement um, on Newcastle United. I don't think it was anybody else. They were waiting for him to be released from custody so he could actually make that statement. I'm, I'm well, sure it's interesting, well, isn't it, the timing? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's my understanding that the statement came um, whether they wrote it. I mean, I think it was only one sentence, wasn't it? Whether they wrote it or I don't know. But it was my understanding that actually, it was actually ordered by Ashley, by Mike Ashley. Mm. So I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it was Lee Charlie's idea. I think he had more on his plate to worry about that day than that. Um, but it was interesting because actually, I actually almost bumped into to Charlie about quarter to six that night. So he'd obviously been um, getting questioned. Where that was, we don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it was at a police station or anything like that. I think I actually think he was inside St James's Park, mm. sort of having to go through documents and almost showing the authorities what's been done. And you know, you know, I don't know. Like get, trying to basically just answer the questions that they were asking. So um, I actually was in the car park, charging my phone, getting ready to do my last live at 6 o'clock, looked up and there he was standing in front of me with one of the security guards from the club, um, get, you know, just stepping into the car and driving off. So I was like, oh, hang on, so he must, he must be released. And obviously he spoke to the club, found out that he was. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, he may have, put, he have may, may have put the statement out, but I, it was my understanding it was ordered from Ashley. But I mean, listen, it's irrelevant really whether the statement came out or not. Mm-hmm. We we all knew that he'd been he'd been released at that stage, um, and we now wait to hear what what what, what happens next. My understanding, Keith, it's Neil here in Dubai, by the way. How are we doing? Um, my understanding know. is 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 that this um, investigation could drag on for eighteen months, nearly mm-hmm. two years. Um, and and so this could be something that's going to pop in and out of the northeast football news for the for some time to come. What's oh yeah, your well, take? yeah. What's, yeah, what's I don't your know. Take I, 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 no idea of duration. Absolutely none. But I right. would fully expect it to be. I would fully expect it to be um, lengthy. I don't think it's the kind yeah. of thing that's going to be sorted overnight. I mean, it seems no. very very. Um, it seems to be a lot of strands to it. There's obviously a lot of people involved. In fact, we're talking Newcastle, West Ham, Chelsea have been mentioned in dispatches. Obviously, people in France as well. Marvaux's over there in France. Some of the agents are based in in France. Um, but it all appears to be to do with the transfer of players. I'm sure, as you're aware, between French clubs and English clubs, and the the payment of agents and how and how agents and players are paid in these transactions. That's how that's certainly how we understand it. I don't think it's the kind of thing that's maybe solved quickly uh, or easily. And you know from these, I mean, I worked up in Scotland um, and I was heavily involved in the Rangers tax cases and the issues there. Mm. And by the way, there's still stuff hanging over that now, six seven years later. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how anyone can put a time scale on it and say a year to eighteen months. I don't know how they could say it'll be sick. I really don't know, but I would fully expect, to, given my previous experience elsewhere, that, that it'll drag on and it'll be fairly lengthy. Yeah. What, what's your um, obviously coming from 
Uh, like how? What made you start in the, in in obviously in the sports industry? And what's the difference? It's a double-headed question, but what's the, the the difference between covering Scotland to new to the northeast? Because obviously I'll talk about David Moyes in a minute as well, but. Um, it's a, it's a, when it comes to Newcastle in some, it's a, it's a double banger, just like it's a double banger in, in, in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of... I think there's a lot of similarities between the um, the rivalry between the two clubs in Glasgow, uh, Celtic and Rangers, as Newcastle and Sunderland. I mean, there's no doubt that it's a more intense rivalry up in Glasgow um, because of, obviously, the, re- the religious element to it all. Um, we obviously don't have that here. It's more of a just general sort of hatred for each other because they're so close. Um, but there are similarities in the sorts of people and the supporters. I mean, they're all very, very passionate, um, all four clubs. Uh, and that was one of the things I noticed when I came down here. It did remind me of that a lot. But obviously, and it's a simple thing to say, but the biggest, the biggest difference is in Glasgow, these two clubs are immersed in this, in this, metropolis of a city whereas in the northeast it's obviously two rival cities that are what 10 12 miles apart so that's the biggest difference is it's everyone so if you can imagine in glasgow your best mate you might be a rangers fan and your best mate might be a celtic fan or your cousins and so you, there's divides in families and things like that whereas here you generally if you're a newcastle fan most of your mates are newcastle fans as well so it's it is slightly it's slightly different but it's, it's certainly the passion that, that i've seen is very similar, but I would say having been to a number of old firm games and a number of um, uh, time weird derbies, weird time derbies, I would say it's the hatred is there for both, but it's a little bit more intense up in Scotland, and that's obviously because there's the deep-rooted uh, historic religious side to it. Yeah, because that's the thing that we're up there, like you can't, you, if you play a flute, it's one of the most biggest uh, things. You can never have yeah. because it's a, it's it's linked to religious religion. It's, it's a bit crazy up there. But obviously, when it comes, I'll get to David Moyes in a second. But um, as I was saying to Neil a couple of minutes ago, with the things that going on with Newcastle, with with Mike Ashley, it, it could be a good time for him to say. Obviously, when he has this chat with um, with Rafa, I think what you said before about the fact that. Um, when you when you saw Rafa, it's quite intriguing me that you said that. Uh, when when you saw him, and there's a weariness in his eyes. Um, you can imagine, can't you, Keith? That can you imagine if Rafa Benitez, who like Jamie Carragher said, has always been a politician when it comes to football clubs, and it's actually been borne out in every way he's gone, apart from Chelsea, I would suggest. But when it comes to Newcastle with Mike Ashley. There's, there's a, there must be a weariness with him, the fact that his brand is out there for everybody to see, but you know the fact that he he, he talks such derogatory terms about Newcastle uh, in the past, and obviously with with his with his deals with his own company, when he has discussed Newcastle, it's almost like it's like oh God, not again, and you would think it, it's prime for him to say, you know what, I've had enough. But I think when he meets with Mike, when he meets with Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez will be the ultimately the one that looks him in the eye, and um, you know it could all set off a complete panic with Newcastle if he doesn't if he doesn't see in his eyes that 
the, the fervour that he has for Newcastle United. Um, mm. I still think it could be a great opportunity for Mike Ashley to say, you know what, thanks very much, I've had enough, I want to sell, even though he's trying to sell it twice before, and it, it's come down to money. No, the, pro- the problem is, Mike, I mean, Mike Ashley, I think he's gone on record as to say he, he was, the club's been up for sale for, mm-hmm. you know, a while. But mm-hmm. the problem is you need to find someone who's going to stump up the cash that he's looking for. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't, I, there's not many people at the moment looking to buy football clubs, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to sell the football club unless you're selling it at a profit or not mm-hmm. at a loss. So that, that, that's the issue for him. I don't think he's any, any, any great rush to sell it I don't think he needs to sell it at the moment so I would be surprised if that if that happened any time soon with regards to uh, Denise says if you'd asked me in January um, would he be there at the end of the season mm-hmm. to take to take, take the team into the Premier League mm-hmm. I would have said unlikely mm-hmm. but as time's mm-hmm. gone on I think it's probably more likely at this present time I would say it's probably more likely he will be here next season than he won't be so I think he's. I think things have changed in the last few months, and I don't. I can't see anywhere where Rafa Benitez could go at the moment, other than Newcastle. I think Newcastle is the best option for him, professionally and personally. Um, and I think, I, I do think he will. He will stay for next season. I mean, obviously we don't know that for definite. I would just say at this moment in time, I'd say it's more likely that he stays now than than if you'd asked me that question back in January when the transfer window closed. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's. Um, I think because it, uh, the good thing about Rafa, when he tells you what he says, he's always honest, isn't he? I've never, even when he was upset in January, I like the fact that he came out and said, "Listen, I'm, you know, I, you know, I don't know what happened, but he, he clearly, he clearly wasn't happy, and there must have been. I took it, and then the rumours started going around that they've got a, they haven't got like big rumours, but the fact that he's all been linked with West Ham. Um, the fact that his family's in Liverpool, it wouldn't be. I can understand why he would go there because it's a big, it's a big stadium, and um, they, they, they probably. I'd be surprised that let Birds go, but West Ham to me would really, like as you said, it would to me it wouldn't make much sense, would it? To go you've, there. you've also yeah. I mean, you've also got to remember that Rafa Benitez earned a, a lot of money at Newcastle, <laughs> uh, and would he get that same money at West Ham? I'm not sure. I mean, he's one of them. He's one of the highest paid managers in England. Mm-hmm. Currently, he's on what four and a half million a year, something like that. So, who is going to stump up that sort of cash? So you've got that. That is one strand to it. And then the second one is, as you as you've mentioned there, Andrew, his family are based. His wife and kids are, are based in uh, Merseyside, and his main or one of his main reasons for taking this job in Newcastle in the first place was that he was only two three hours away from there and he was he was quite handy now if he was to go to london he's then further away so i i think it would need to be a massive job for him to go to to london um to move there i think as long as mike ashley promises him the funds that he wants i think rafa benitez benitez will be happy to stay i think the one thing i found interesting when um i think it was either you or craig Hope mentioned it that um <laughs> Uh, he hadn't rang. <laughs> My gosh, he hadn't rang uh, Rafa Benitez, all the players, all the staff, when it comes to promotion. And then, whoa, Nelly, the next, the next day, Rafa yeah. comes, comes on and says, oh, yeah, well, I've heard from him. Um, 
I think he think... rang him on. I think he rang him on the. I think he rang him on the, the Thursday morning or the Thursday lunchtime <laughs> um, to, to congratulate him. But you've got to remember, Rafa Benitez and, and Mike Ashley have had very very little dealings in his year in the job. I mean, I think they've only met maybe once or twice. Like they ha- they haven't met a lot, so it's not as if they're on the phone to each other every day. I mean, Rafa Benitez is main. Um, conversations are with Lee Charnley and Lee Charnley is a middleman between the two so it's not as if they speak all the time anyway so I, I, I personally wasn't that surprised to hear that, that he hadn't spoken to him until the Thursday But it just was, shows the power of um, media isn't it, the fact that somebody put it out there that they hadn't and then won't yeah, the next he thought day I better give him a up. call Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Because but, well. it's a whole run kid. It's a, as you probably listen to this normally with uh, Lee, Lee Johnson but it's a Newcastle United and Rafa Benitez, in business terms, it's a home run hit. This guy knows what he's doing. There's a reason why Newcastle United struggled mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. over the line. It was painful to watch. You, you, you obviously go to games and stuff. So it's pay- the fact that he knew what that we, what we needed. We didn't get it. It's but it's funny how the the laws of the game are changing. That Brighton are now struggling after getting up, and mm-hmm. now we've got a chance to. To, to possibly win win the league uh, this coming Sunday, which is unfortunately it's not alive, is it? It's not going to be on live on on Sky uh, to show the no, relegation. No. You've got you've also got to remember, um, Andrew, that Mike Ashley is a businessman first mm-hmm. and foremost. Above anything else, he's a businessman, and the main reason. Rafa Benitez was angry at the end of the January transfer window was of the failure of the club to sign Ambrose Townsend. Mm. Now, he was sold to uh, Crystal Palace for, I think it was £13 million. Mm. Uh, I, can't I, can't I think it was £13 million. I think there was a clause in his contract yeah, that allowed him to go to a Premier League club for £13 million. Now, mm. Palace wanted £13 million for him plus uh, a loan fee of, I, I think it was either, I think it was either three, three or four, three or three and a half million in January. Mm. So they wanted that to t- for Newcastle to have him from then until the end of the season. So, in defence of Mike Ashley, why is he going to sell a player to a club in the August to then buy him back in the January at three million pound more? Yeah, when he's not done anything, he's had a pretty poor first half of the season at Palace. So that was the way he was looking at it, and he felt the squad was strong enough to gain automatic promotion without Andros Townsend. And to be fair to Mike Ashley, he's been proved right. Because they have gained automatic promotion without Townsend. And by the way, they've had injuries in the second half of the season to some of their key mm. players. So, you know, he's got to look at it like that. And I, I can understand why the Newcastle fans and Benitez were like, look, get him signed, get him signed. Benitez mm. couldn't understand why he wouldn't sign him because he was like, look, he's a Premier League player. We'll get him in now. That'll, that'll ensure that we go up at the first time of asking mm. whatever happens. That'll ensure we'll go up. However... You've got to look at the flip side of it, and you've got to look at Newcastle as a business, Mike Cash as a businessman. Is he just going to throw three million pound essentially down the drain to to pay for something that the exact? You know, if you if you bought something, if you bought a TV in you know in August for five hundred pound, and then someone then said to you, right, I'll give it back to you January for six hundred and fifty, you're not going to do that. It's not it's not improved in that time. Townsend hadn't improved as a player, so that's the way he was looking at it, and he felt they had enough. So I could see both sides of the argument in January but obviously Rafa's looking at it from a managerial point of view and he just mm. wants all the tools there to work with and Mike Ash is looking at it as a business which is essentially what Newcastle is. Um, it's my understanding Keith that, that that deal and everybody that I, I've heard who, who've seen what the actual terms laid out 
by Palace were, said that it was such a one-sided deal that nobody in their right mind would have signed it. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that that is something you you quite rightly say you've got to look at it with that eye on it. Um, and I think we said that on here at the time was that there was obviously something so financially twisted in that deal the, the wrong way for it that yeah. you know it was never going to be recouped. It was never going to make sense. Just on the off chance that we didn't get back up, and I'm sure as hell they're glad that we're not being dragged into those playoffs because there's teams in form in that, in that playoff playoff group that I wouldn't want to be playing at this stage of the season and so you know there but for the grace of God we managed to do it in spite of ourselves in some respects um, but it, it, it's interesting that also do you think they also had one eye on this pending HMRC thing in January or do you think they didn't really have any wind of any of it? Nah I don't, I don't think they probably knew about that to be honest yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't think that was anything to do with it I think it was purely taken in isolation that one transfer mm. and that's generally mm. what Newcastle do you know I think they've just taken that in isolation and it wasn't a favourable deal for them like yeah. Mike Ashley will only sanction a deal that he thinks is good for the club and when you when you heard some of the details of that it wasn't it wasn't a good deal for Newcastle to do and it was as simple as that and he's not just going to throw money down the drain for the sake of it he's not going to throw money to, to keep his manager happy and he's paying his manager a lot of money and he's like well that's that's your squad you know and and to be fair to him, I'm not, I'm not defending Newcastle's decision, but he's 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 been proved right because they have got up. I mean, if you if Newcastle win at the weekend and Brighton don't, you go up as champions. I mean, that's how that's how quickly things can turn. You know, you've gone from worried worrying about the playoffs to suddenly you're one game away from going up as champions. So and now you've not is probably bonkers. I know, and but now you don't have Anders Townsend there. I mean, obviously Benitez liked him as a player, but Benitez if he if he decides to stay on, might now look into someone and say, well, do you know what? I could actually get some, I could use that money yeah. to get someone better than Townsend or someone I want more than Townsend now, you know? So, that's I think the... it wasn't just, I think it wasn't just, obviously, Townsend is the, is the, I think the big stick that, you know, he, he was being hit with regarding not bringing it in, but it wasn't just Townsend, you have to try to bring in, he tried to bring in a, a few of the defensive players and, you know, he wanted Townsend and a holding midfielder, is what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted a holding midfielder like as a squad player. Mm. Like, um, he, didn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't bothered about someone who was going to come straight into the team. He just wanted another body there that could hold in midfield. Mm. And he wanted a winger who could come straight into the team, and that man was Townsend that he wanted. He obviously had a list of three or four, but Townsend was the main one that he wanted. Mm. Just, obviously, the interesting thing for me is that I think around the same time there was, there was a, um, well, a publication, um, I'm not going to say the name of it, but a publication came out that Rafa Benitez's friends, advisors, I don't know who that is anyway, but came out and said they were very scoffful of the players that had Rafa had brought in that weren't playing. And now on the backside of it, um, then you have this Townsend thing, so it was kind of rumble, It was kind of it came at perfect symmetry that story with the fact that we couldn't get Townsend. That the fact that somewhere along the line, um, uh, Ashley's cronies had been un- trying to under devalue Rafa. Like as you said before, when it comes to the money, because he's, he's making a hell of a lot of money, so they're looking for value for money. But with value for money for Newcastle, it's 
the money that we've managed to bring in for players sold, the only reason I bring it up because on on the against uh, well, the team now we we played um, against Preston. There's only four players uh, in that team of the twelve players that he bought. Obviously, some players were injured, but before January that article came out to suggest that you know um, people, friends of Mike actually weren't happy with the with the money spent by Rafa. Um, I'm trying to think who the four were. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the team that yeah, night. I um, think of and uh, uh, Richie Shelby, but Shelby was there before. Wasn't he? Um, I, can't, I can't remember the four players, but I remember against the Preston game it was brought to light that there's only I think in an article saying there's only four players that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think they had. Yeah. So um, I can I can see uh, Neil going on. That. Tapping away to see what it I'm is. not tapping on note, mate. I'm not tapping on note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so then that just shows you then they obviously had. I mean, if if, if seven plus, I mean, you're saying twelve, so I'm assuming there was, was a yeah. one sub used. Yeah. So if you're saying eight of the twelve were there already, that shows that there was, you know, the skeleton of a of yeah. a, a team that could go up. Uh, but I mean, I, I mean, I think if Dwight Gale had been fit he would have played um, I think if Kieran Clark had been well Kieran Clark was back wasn't he he did play in that yeah. game yeah. Um, I, I mean I'd, I wouldn't look I, personally I wouldn't look too much into that I, I, I don't know anything about that to be honest if, if Mike Ash has been disappointed or annoyed with that I, I couldn't tell you um, but there's no doubt that he's been he's had the strongest uh, squad I think he has I mean although Brighton have probably on paper been the best team because but they've been there and done it before so they know the league but I think there's no doubt that Newcastle have got the best squad in terms of the players in terms of Dwight Gale Matt Ritchie um, I know Lascelles fell away a bit but Lascelles probably they've arguably the best goalkeeper in the league they've got Shelby who's the highest earner in the league they do have the best players in that division so you know that was why Mike Ashley I think felt they didn't need another one in Townsend because they had enough as it was. Mm. Yeah, I think when it comes to the, um, it's, it's actually interesting. That now we're now we're promoted, we're being linked with players, and I remember Lee, Lee John's going to have a heart attack when he when he hears about this one, but I think he's heard anyway. But um, the fact that we're being linked with Sissoko um, to come back. Uh, is no, you're I'm not. Sure Where's that? Where's that? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I did read. He's right. He's right in that. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was kicking around I on Twitter, Keith, the other week. I did a double take when I read it. I'm, I'll tell you what, if Newcastle, if Newcastle buys Sissoko back, I'll pay the money for him to sign it. That won't happen. No chance. <laughs> because, well, the thing is, the only reason it would happen because you, the Newcastle sale of Sissoko was based on payments, I believe, over five years. Mm. <laughs> so, if that's the case... I think it was Come five. On. Yeah, I think there was five payments, or mm. or was it five? Was it five payments of six million, mm-hmm. or six of five, or something like that? I think mm-hmm. I can I think that was. Oh, or, 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 or was that what Everton offered? And I can't remember. I think maybe that's what Everton offered, and then Tottenham came in and said, "We'll take it." I can't remember something like that. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. But oh, I mean, I would be I would be absolutely amazed if he ended up back at Newcastle. So so cool. Well, I think it's the you know the. For one thing, there's no way in hell he's leaving London. He'll do whatever he has to do uh, to stay well, at from, or to go somewhere else. It was from Italian media outlet Calcio Mercato, which Calcio. probably carries about as much legitimacy yeah. as, as 
various Italian governments of the 1930s. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's where it was from. It was doing the rounds via that right. on the internet. Okay, well I've been the, I've been I've been at range for a couple of days, knowledge. so I've not seen that one. And I think we're being linked with you betcha, you gotcha, uh, Pickford. I know I know somebody that knows Pickford, and he's a member of my family who knows him. And if he, when I when I read that one, he's actually got, gone into print himself, Mister Pickford, and said he would never, never go to Newcastle. Has he got the real um, one? Yeah. Well, what, well, one one thing is for sure. I don't think he would want to go to Newcastle. But also, if there's one position Newcastle don't need right now, it's a goalkeeper. I mean, they've already got four. I mean, how many how many goal, goalkeepers do you want? You've got to remember they've got Elliot, who Rafa likes. You've got Darlow, who's had off the back of a great season. Matt Sells, who, remember, Rafa Benitez signed. Now, obviously, mm. he had a bad start, but he's still there. He might have improved after the summer. And then you've got Tim Krul coming back as well. So the last thing they need is a fifth goalkeeper. I can't imagine... The thing is, people seem to like Tim Krul, and I think he's been on the down, downward spiral for a long time, especially with the, the injuries he's had. And even when he went back to Holland, he was... He wasn't doing anything really, was he? But and then he goes, he gets another loan. Uh, I don't, even, I don't even know if he's been playing there. So that's yeah, he's been playing. Uh, yeah, he's been playing for Alkmaar, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a punt. I think he'll get rid of the cells. I think he'll get rid of Crow. Or he likes Elliot Darlow. Um, so you know, if they get rid of, if they get rid of goal, if they get rid of people, I still think that maybe there is room to bring one in. But Pickford's going to. Andrew, it, 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 to, to me, it would make absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's almost as bad as Alan Pardew's left back obsession. We'd have so many left. You know, we'd, we'd have a ridiculous amount of goalkeepers. And you're right, people could leave, and he's going to want to replace with quality. But um, I, I don't know. I think there's far, far other, more other places in that squad where you need to be strengthened before we we'll worry about taking some of the goalkeepers. How good he may be. Probably the last position, isn't it? That we need. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of these guys. I know you mentioned a couple of them there, like um, Lascelles and Darlow, and um, these sort of guys who I've had. You know, they've been good at times. They've maybe made a couple of mistakes. I, I don't think these guys will just get jettisoned. I don't, I don't think they'll just get moved on. I mean, obviously some of them will go. Like you could see, you know, guys like Mbemba who haven't featured are probably likely to go. But I think guys who are young and have got. Um, you know the opportunity to improve the likes of um, uh, Lascelles, Darlow, um, Isaac Hayden. These guys. I don't think Rafa's going to look at them and say they're not good enough for the Premier League. I just think what he'll do is he'll beef up the squad with guys who can walk into the first team, and then it'll be up to Lascelles and Darlow and uh, Isaac Hayden and Dwight Gale to try and prove that they can they, they deserve a place in the team. I I don't think he'll just sell all these guys I think they'll I still think a lot of them will form part of his Premier League squad but he's going to look to add six five six seven quality international players who can just walk into the starting 11 so I think that's what will happen so guys who are maybe first picks this season might find they're now backup players and it'll just be up to them to prove I, I don't think he'll just sell them all I don't think I don't think that'll happen yeah I think when it Obviously, Newcastle is going to be an ever-ending story till till the end of the season now. But um, I think the transfers uh, is going to be an interesting situation. But do you agree with Alan Shearer that he has to spend around 150 mil? I don't think he needs to spend as much as that. No. Mm. 
I mean, I think I think Benitez would probably be happy if he was told he was getting 75, 80 million. I think he would happily take that and he would stay on. I, I don't think he needs as much as that. I really don't. Um, I mean, what would you get for 80 million? You would get 80 to 100 million. You'd get five, four, five, 20 million pound players. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, listen, he would obviously take that. I don't think it. I don't think this. I mean, you can pick up, you know, you can get good players that don't cost 20 million as well. You know, if you shop around, and you, you know, you get guys at five, six, seven, ten million. You can do that as well. I, I think he would be happy right now if you told him he had 80 million net spend. He would take that in a heartbeat. But you could also include the 30 million uh, that we, um, you know, got back from player sales. Mm, so yeah. he could get 100 million, couldn't he? Because mm-hmm. 75 million isn't. A, you know, at the end of the day, yes, he might stay for that, but that's including the money that we've made, plus we've got the, the payments from uh, the Premier League as well. So I think there is scope for it, um, for going 100 million, because we can't, I think you're right when we say we, we, we can go for certain for certain players um, um, when it comes to, the, you know, we, I think it's okay going for 8 to 10 million, but Newcastle back in the Premier League, you're going you're gonna to look at 20 million plus for certain players, like I would love to mm. see one matter in a Newcastle shirt for one, but um, especially when you, know, you don't know if Jose Mourinho. Uh, I would also go for um, Mr. Carrick, even though I think he wants to stay at Man United. I think that would be a great uh, signature. Even if yeah, but there's a, well, there's a guy, well, there's a perfect example like someone who would cost much. Mm. You know, so if you've got someone like Carrick, and what's he going to cost? He's not going to cost much. Mm. I don't even know what he's got left in his contract at Man U, but you're talking single figures, you'd probably get in for like three or four million, I mean, he's 36 years old, so you're not going to spend, all, so if you can get in a few guys like that, you know, as well as the younger guys who are 20, you know, 20 million plus, then you suddenly start building a decent squad, you know, I, I don't think it's all about figures and it has to be 100 million, it has to be 100, it's just recruiting the right players, you know, you obviously have to have a decent figure there to use, but I don't think it, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry if he had 100 rather than 150 or 80 rather than 100 like I'm sure you can find the right players for that for, for that sort of money you know mm. yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it's just a, it's just a start isn't it really oh, of a mad summer on the side let's talk about we aside <laughs> can you explain to me what the hell is going on in Sunday because I must admit as a manager you know you're, you're, you, when it comes to the the better managers, they normally, they normally come from Scotland and they're, they're tough, they're uncompromising, they, they have visions and they're, they're normally successful. And then you see David Moyes uh, getting to go to Sunderland and um, more or less, well, I wouldn't say shit the bag, but um, it, it, it's, it's gone all downhill since he took over from Sam Allardyce, who I'm convinced would have kept that team up. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm amazed. I, I, I am. I'm. I'm amazed. I'm not amazed, but I, I, I find it almost unbelievable the fact they've been relegated with four games to spare. I mean, it's. I mean, it, the way they've gone downhill compared. To, I remember pre-season watching a game. Now, okay, it was it was at Hartlepool, but I remember watching them at Hartlepool pre-season when it was Sam Allardyce's last match. In fact, I think he actually left at half time in that game, if yeah. I remember rightly. Yeah. And I remember watching Sunderland that day, and the way they played, they knocked the ball about the fitness, they looked so fresh, they looked sharp, they looked, and I was like, you know what, they could actually do something this season. Like they like, and okay, it was only hard to prove. I've never seen a team in pre-season at that stage looking so good. And then fast forward three weeks, and they were in absolute turmoil, and they just they just haven't recovered, and it's just got worse and worse and worse. And let's be honest, 
they probably needed this. They've probably needed to go down for a number of years now mm. to try and rebuild. I, I don't think it was going to be possible for them to rebuild in the Premier League. I think they need to go down and rebuild there. And the question is how long it takes to rebuild and get them back up. I mean, when you look at Middlesbrough, who look like they're going to go down as well, they're certainly in a much better position for mm. coming straight back up at the first time of asking. Sunderland, I mean, they need to rip it up and start again. They're talking about Newcastle needing all that money to spend. Sunderland, are they're even more of a rebuilding job. It's, for me, it's you know, the thing is he he must have. It's interesting when he he came from outside. He probably he probably thought it was going to be easier than from the outside. Then when he gets inside, he realizes how what what's in front of him. But you have it like you have a decision to make. You know, you watch him on the sidelines. I've seen a lot of commentators come on and talk about the fact that he he has. He didn't, he's not as energetic as what he was. And Liam, Liam Osmond on on match today too mentioned that when he was at um, when he was at Everton, his eyes were bulging out. He'd be he'd be getting to the players. He'd be ranting and raving. And he, he had a passion inside of him. And you watch him at Sunderland, and it's like how the worst thing, the worst case scenario I think for any Sunderland fan is the fact that he he's on so much money, um, he, he'll stay, but. You've got to think he's going to wait until the games are done and he'll actually resign because I can't see how he can his position is tenable even in his own mind. But how the how the hell is he going to get another team, Keith? You mm, can't see, can yeah. You? No, I think and I think he knows that himself. Generally, managers seem to have three hits and they're out. So he was a failure at Manchester United. He was a failure in. Real Sociedad, he so far has been a failure at Sunderland and he's going to be he'll be acutely aware of that so he now has a decision to make does, does he have the hunger to come back and try and get Sunderland out of the championship if he doesn't then he's been a failure at Sunderland as well and it will be a struggle for him to get another job it will be, you would look at it on paper and you'd say he should be the right man, I mean I think when Sam Allardyce got the job we all thought the Northeast journalists all thought David Moyes, if he was available, would have been the best man. And then when they appointed him, we thought, right, this is the guy. This is... And it, it surprised me how much he struggled. But he has. I mean, he's not had any luck whatsoever. And I know people talk about his body language. They talk about some of the things he said. But, I mean, he literally, from the financial situation, from the minute he walked in, he was. I remember at his opening news conference, he said, I vividly remember him saying, what did he effect of? the owner has told me anything I want I will get so you know we'll move the world to make sure so has he been has he been told one thing and then given another because it then became clear after a matter of weeks that suddenly there was no money in the pot to spend and he was having to bring in guys from former clubs for free transfers who were pretty much past it to come in and try and plug gaps and so he had that suddenly so the financial situation was one and then without making excuses for him, the injuries they have had has been unbelievable this season. Like, I mean, I, I don't just mean guys out for two or three weeks, I mean guys like, with season-ended injuries, and they've all come at bad times as well. So I think the problem with David Moyes is rather than dealing with that and trying to make the best of a bad situation, he has let it get to him, and he's let it get him, let, you know, let him get, let it get down at times, and he's, you could see it in his body. I mean, we speak to him every week. You could see it, and you have to question whether he has got the, the hunger, the desire to try and do it for them this uh, next season. And I just, the way he is right now, I, I can't see he has. It just depends whether he can get away, get a rest, get recharged, and come back and do it again. But 
just his body language at the moment would say to me that he, that he probably hasn't. Neil? Well, it, it, it's just a sorry state of affairs all around down the road, I think, handicapped by what happened uh, um, pre-season. And, and then within within days, Moises is in saying, telling everybody to get ready for a relegation fight. It's all, he's almost become the, the, the self-fulfilling prophecy, really, hasn't he? A lot of people have had a, a real problem with that, Neil. A lot of people have had a real problem with what he said that day. Um, and I was there when he said, said it, and I, I don't think he meant it in the way it's come across. I mean, I, I think I think what he was trying to do was, if he if he got that message across, that, look, we're going to be in a relegation battle, but and he managed to overachieve, then it would obviously look good in his behalf, it looked mm. good in his part. Mm. But I think he was trying to be honest. I think he was trying to be realistic. He made a, a real thing when he came in and said, look, the people here... The Sunderland fans, the people of the North East, don't want us to lie. Don't want me to lie to them. They want me to be honest. They want us to be transparent. They want us to, you know, wear our heart on our sleeve. So he's like, look, that, that's essentially what I was doing. And he's been proved right. Okay, it's probably not helped the players' confidence, but he has been proved. And I think for anyone looking at that squad, that was before the injuries hit, he knew they were going to struggle. And, mm. you know, it's been mistake after mistake for a number of years now. And finally, it's come home to roost. And for David Moyes, it's a shame that he's the man that's taken him down. Would another manager have saved him with that squad? I'm not so sure. I really don't think so. I mean, would they have brought different players in in January? Maybe, well, yes. Could they have made a difference? Probably. I mean, the players he signed, let's be honest, even the guys he spent money on, um, mm. Kilabodji, mm. um, Oviedo, Ndong, none of them, you have to say, have been successes. And the only success this season for Sunderland successes have been picked for the Defoe who were there before he arrived so mm. although he's not had a he's not had a good hand to play with the hand he's got he's played badly anyway um, so I, I really do think that he, he's partly to blame he's not wholly to blame but he could have helped himself out a lot more than he has well he, he, his comments in January as well when he pretty much said um I don't see the point in signing anybody anybody else because they're not going to be. I'm not yeah. convinced they're going to be much better than what we've got. I mean, with the, yeah. but that was the point he was fishing That was the sort. Yeah. Of, that was the sort. Of, that was the money he knew they had very little to spend. I mean, they sold Van Anholt for 14 million, and then they mm. went out and bought Oviedo for was it seven? So they got half of the money to spend. So that yeah. was yeah. I hear I I hear what you said, and I think the way he says things can come across. And you've got to remember, he's a, he's a bit of an old-school manager as well. I mean, can, mm. can you get away with being that? Do players need an arm around your shoulder rather than a kick up the backside these days? Maybe you need to be a bit more like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the comments he said have been unhelpful. But you'd like to think the players have got enough about themselves to have picked up more points than they have. Well, plus you add on that Vicky Starks issue. <laughs> and the thing is, I've listened back to that thing, his, that comment... Well, at least 12 times. And it sounds... You need to get out a bit more, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably does, like. <laughs> I probably do, and you're right, probably. But, like, was it just interesting, this, just in the way he said it? it, it was it threatening? Was it... Uh, like, I, I'm not defending what he said, but, you know, it's... I can imagine... Could you imagine him saying that to you? Because I can... Yeah. I can yeah, imagine it. Probably, yeah, he probably would, but 
obviously, I mean, because it's because uh, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, mm. I think he, I think he probably would speak to a male journalist like that as well. Mm. And in a strange way, what he's done is he's tried to qualify what he's saying and almost excuse himself by saying, mm. just because you're a woman. Yeah. And in in a, in a in a strange roundabout way, he's actually made it worse. You know, I think he thought he was probably helping himself by saying that. And it, yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 a difficult one. And for it's it just it's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen if you're doing well at the other end of the table. But you know what it's like when you're down there and the pressure's on and you're reacting to things. And he's not been happy with some of our questions as well. So it's it's. I, I, it's, it's a difficult situation for all concerned. It's the kind of thing that only happens when you're in that situation at the bottom of the table. Mm. Yeah. If you think, obviously, I know you've, you've been on, you've been on for so long now. It's fantastic. Uh, I'll give you a last question. If they, you know, when obviously, when the season comes to an end, it's a hard one for you to answer this one. But if some, if he, if he goes the journey, because he will, don't <laughs> my mind he'll go the journey. Who would you think Sunderland's should bring in um, along the lines of Big Sam esque, but like who would you, who could you imagine somebody coming in and bringing that a club that yeah. probably will be sold? That's the problem, isn't it? That they're up for sale, um, quite obviously. But as a manager coming in to re re energise that club, who could you imagine it being? Well, you're talking Sunderland here, yeah. Yeah. I think I think you need I think you need some. Well, listen. I mean, I, I don't. For a start, we don't know if Moyes will be there or not, so it's difficult mm-hmm. to say. But where he to go? I think you need someone who's young, hungry, ambitious. Probably someone who maybe knows the championship. Mm-hmm. But then you've got this thing because you look at guys like, like someone like Alex Neil, who was at Norwich, who did a great mm-hmm. job with them. Young manager, got them up. He then took them back down again. So has he then got the good enough experience to do well in the Premier League? Mm. You know, mm. um, but so someone I would say who knows the Championship, knows the players there, and who can obviously take them up. You don't want you don't want just someone for a couple of years to get them up. You want someone who can build a dynasty. You want someone who can build, mm. you know, for five, five, six, seven years moving forward. There aren't that many. I mean, Gary Rowett was available. You would say. He would have been someone for the championship. Is he quality for the Premier League? We don't know because he's untested at that level. Um, Alex has been there, obviously took Norwich back down at the first time. I don't know, but I certainly wouldn't be thinking you need to get a massive name in there. I think someone who knows the championship is crucial. I don't really know who's available at the moment, but there's, there certainly isn't anyone who, jump, who jumps out. And you've got to remember, David Moyes, if he does stay, and he, he decides he's got the hunger for it. He's, he's managed in the championship before mm-hmm. with Preston. It's not as if I think everyone just remembers him at his time at Everton and Manchester United, but he was at Preston for many a year in the championship beforehand. So yeah, he, he has albeit it was a long time ago. He has he has managed at that level. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I think they need to get a coach. They need to get a first team coach. It doesn't have to be someone. It doesn't have to be a huge name. It needs to be someone who knows that league and has to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, is it? To, to me, it's a hard question because. You, you think well if if he give if if he goes into the championship and he you know he he starts from well, rips up the squad because that's what he's going to have to do anyway and brings in the type of players that he knows are in that league he might he might see then a new David Moyes but if he does resign which I would think probably more favourably or a mutual decision that's what that's how these things work isn't it yeah. <laughs> mutually agreed to go 
So I think that's the problem. If he stays, he'll have he has to rip the squad apart and start again a bit like he you know mm. start in the, in the mode of Everton. But oh, that that whole squad needs ripped up. I mean that whole thing. I mean most of them half of them are loan. Some of them are mm. contract end. Then obviously the phone's going for nothing. Pickford will mm. get sold. That whole squad needs. To, I mean it's, you're probably talking three or four of of, of them will stay. Mm, yeah, true. Right, quick question on Newcastle before you go. Um, do you think they forward come to Newcastle? Uh, yes, probably. Yeah, I think he probably would. I think he would prefer a move back south. Yeah. But I know that he does like it up here. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. No, and I think he's listen. I think he's going to have plenty of options in the summer. Yeah. It'll just be a case of picking the best yeah. one for him. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks so much, Keith. Thanks for coming on the no show. Problem. It's been tremendous. We'll catch you. We'll Thank catch you, you next season on breaking news. I'm sure again. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot, Keith. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Cheers mate. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye now. Great guesses ever, eh, Neil? Good, eh? Yeah, well, he's, 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 he's the man on the beat in the region, so he's yeah. the man to speak there, isn't he, really, at the end of the day? Yeah, I've, I've got my, obviously, my next guest this evening, it's Lee Johnson. Good evening, Lee, how are you? So, you made us laugh before in the castle, how am I? Don't even set them off on that one, man, Jesus Christ. I only did it to wake you up. But it, it's a legitimate question. Um, obviously, lots been happening this week, which we've covered, uh, obviously, with various guests. But what's been your take on it? Because, uh, obviously, like Neil and yourself, um, we were just getting you know, the relief of Newcastle being promoted. And then it all kicks off with uh, HMRC knocking on Newcastle's door. And then we obviously win at Cardiff. Uh, great win, wasn't it? And, you know, we're now hoping that uh, Rafa Benitez stays. And... Um, but it's all going to be on that meeting with Mike Ashley when he, when he meets him face-to-face and sees how much he's invested in Newcastle because I would suspect if he's not, uh, we, we lose that. <coughs> I mean, obviously, it's been a, it's been a good week. Uh, getting promoted on Monday, uh, got the job done, got over the line. Um, obviously, yeah, the HMRC thing happened. and I, I suppose it kind of... 36 hours later, you're thinking, God, you couldn't just wait a bloody day, could you? But um, <laughs> I've kind of, I have read about it and looked at it and things like that, and I really don't think it's going to affect us in any sort of way, shape or form from a footballing point of view. I don't see any points deductions, I don't see anything that's going to cause us any problems, although obviously that was the only thing that <laughs> some of the fans were pinning their hopes to. Um, <clears throat> um the, the main thing, yeah, the Rafa Benitez thing, but that's what we've been saying since January, really. Uh, it was all about getting up, getting over the line, and then the important talk comes. But, you know, his interview, it was quite, I think it was quite fortunate that um, he had a obviously early press conference after the, um, the tax thing uh, on the Thursday. And, you know, I think he allowed a lot of fear. He was great in his press conference, like he always is. And um, talking about planning for pre season, he's got. You know, he's got irons in the fire for that. So, and he wants to, and he spoke, and he told us all that he'd spoke to Mike Ashley, and he was due to have a, a chat with Mike Ashley. And, you know, Mike Ashley, in his own words, which I've used over the last couple of weeks, um, two years ago, said he wanted to board the horse. Sort of perfect opportunity, board the horse, Andrew. Perfect opportunity. And if he defaults on this opportunity, uh, that'll be it for him here. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
Newcastle, Newcastle are in a great, posi- uh, great place at the moment, this moment in time. The area's, the area's buzzing. Everything's, you know, it's going well. Um, he has saved this club, um, you know, from what, what I think, what kind of fate I think is going to suffer our dear, our dear neighbours down the road. Um, because without him, we wouldn't have come straight back. There's no doubt about it, and there probably would have been nigh on thirty thousand in the ground week in week out. Mm-hmm. So everyone stayed for Rafa Benitez. Mike actually can't <laughs> see that well. He's either clinically insane, or he is just on a wind up. Um, so you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, Friday was good. Second half in particular. Um, got the result, got the win. Brighton going mess up, which you know, my dad does out. My dad was on the same day. Something got relegated. My dad said, "Here, some things like this don't happen to us, you know." As we were laughing our heads off at each other down the phone. So <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, really funny. I've just I bumped into my brother today, and me and him were just laughing at each other as well. It's it's funny. It's fantastic. What goes around comes around, and. Until the only the only hope Southern fans actually have at this particular moment in time is nothing to do with our own club. It's whether Mike yeah. actually actually pulls the plug or messes things up. Yeah. It's just been no, but the, the running around deleting tweets from last year and yeah, because and, of me, sort of try, because of me. trying to mop up the mess. Yeah, because um, of me, Neil, because of me, because I'm very <laughs> very. I was very, very good at searching stuff, navigation. I was all over that. I was absolutely creased, man. I couldn't stop laughing, man. I was dying laughing when I was doing it. you were, man. I mean, the, the bottom line is, with stuff like this, is we all said, you know, keep your heart, keep your, keep your peace, you'll get your chance. Um, and it's come around quicker than I think any of us expected it to. Because um, this will... Make no bones about it. I, I would... Have grave concerns if I was a Sunderland fan for, for the future, because well, I, yeah. there's no I way they've got the, the the capacity, the ability, or the people to get them back up first time. Well, I went, I went to, I went down to the local cricket club yesterday just uh, for it was an actually 40th birthday party, and it was actually a Macams, and I was feeling mm. probably safe when I walked in. I thought, Jesus Christ, this is going to be fun. What do I do? Where do I sit? Do I just sit and smile in the corner? Anyway. I didn't see it too much. I just kind of sat, played with a bear, and uh, a lot of them left. <clears throat> and then these old timers sat down next to us, older than my father. And I just got a listen to them out the corner of me, uh, corner of me right here. Some of the fans, obviously, in this just start. One of them started going on about a 15-point deduction because of the tax. And then the next person right, started lovely. talking about. And the next person started talking about Benitez leaving because he's not going to get back. And literally, Neil. That is mm. all they, at this particular moment in time, are clinging to. And it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Amazing. <laughs> all about us. Amazing. <laughs> I must admit, even at the place I work, uh, it's funny, isn't it? The, you know, it's interesting because they're completely <laughs> obsessed with us. And uh, I must admit, somebody was talking about the fact that, uh, obviously, Charlie was arrested. And uh, somebody brought it up, and it's, they were, they were, as soon as they mentioned it, it wasn't the Southern fans just turned and went, "Yeah, typical for the for you lot. You, 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 you can never keep you can never keep yourselves happy for five minutes." <laughs> and I'm like, I've never I've never responded to something about my club, and you're jumping in where the fish dare to swim, and 
you're, 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 you're trying yeah. to put my team down and yours is going down with the biggest... I can, I, I can pass the word obsessed. It's not obsessed, it's just banter between both sets of yeah, fans. We yeah. both do it. We're yeah. both guilty of it. At the end of the day, they dished it out last year. The only thing that, the only thing that went in our favour last year is we were quite appeased very quickly because the minute Rafa nailed these colours to the mask, we took relegation pretty well. And I think that, I think that really knocked on them. I really do. They couldn't get it out here. I mean, every time I asked me one of them, I was just like, look, I'm relatively happy. I believe we've appointed a man who's going to take us in the right direction. Ah, da, 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 da. But looking ahead for them, all I see is dark clouds, and it's absolutely wonderful. Well, we always worked on the mantra that relegation was never necessarily a good thing, and I think we, we are probably being the exception that's proved the rule. That mm-hmm. In that such unusual set of circumstances... Rafa staying for the pro- sake of the project um, and them haven't wanted to see in the bigger picture with it all we've oh. been able to get back up there's not many teams will do that hence no. going forward no you get. I mean you do get the odd sensible one you know last season after the season had finished I was in a cricket match down with Durham for them with a son of who got us a ticket and he actually said to us he said he said, oh, you know, I thought when we got, when we got you down, like, I thought Rafa would walk away. He says, but I'm, I'm, he said, I'm, I'm not too happy that he stayed. I think he'll bring you straight back up and obviously try and work the sort of club out, uh, top to bottom kind of thing. And I said, well, look, that's my view. I said, this is probably the best thing that's happened to us. Of course I wanted to stay in the league. Of course I didn't want to go down. I said, but the fact he's nailed these colours to the mask. And at that point in time, the way the statement had come out when the season, when he did, when he um, signed his contract, his three-year contract, he was basically in control of all football and matters. So I was like, look, this is a this is a win-win for us. You know, we'll settle down. Um, you'll look at all aspects of the club, and I think we'll move forward. And I think we have moved forward. So when they were continuously finishing 17th and obviously winning games against us, I just think a lot of their fans took the eye off the ball. I, I mean, it's been continuous. They've been they've been walking from one disaster into another. And, you know, if I could thank anyone in particular for someone now state, I'd probably send a nice letter to the FA uh, after what they did with Sam Allardyce and thank them for uh, screwing them over. So, you know, like I said, what goes around comes around. I'm sure someone fans in the, in the future will search my tweets out and they'll come back to us. But hopefully that will be in the... Hopefully I'll be probably old and grey and uh, George will be like an adult then and he'll have took over my mantle of winding them up. <laughs> Actually, the one name that has been mentioned when it comes to Sunderland um, is the Northern Ireland manager, Michael O'Neill. And I've, I've seen he's been linked with Norwich City tonight. Now, when it comes to getting a team prepared, a team ready, a team that plays well, and Michael O'Neill could be is one of them names you would you can imagine Sunderland if they if they wanted somebody to really get amongst it. But I would suggest that if Moyes leaves, like I expect me to leave under mutual agreement, like I've already stated with with Keith and Keith and Neil tonight. Um, who who could you? There's nobody that jumps up in their mind to think who would be that the, the, the right manager for Sunderland. And at least with us, when we went down, as you said, early, at least we had that preparation time, and we and we had that safe in the knowledge that we're gonna we've got one of the best in the business. With Sunderland going down with a hell of a bang, and also with um, Middlesbrough not so much, but you you can just imagine 
you know, Mills have got a better chance of coming back automatically. No doubt. As it's been pointed out, only five clubs, I think, in 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 twenty years or something, have come back automatically. That just what? shows how well Newcastle have done. <coughs> Last year in the season against Tottenham Hotspur at home after we'd been relegated when 52,000 people rocked up at St James's Park. For me, now, looking back on it, it was a massive, massive turning point in Newcastle's uh, um, obviously recent uh, current future. Mike Ashley now has the chance to, to, move, to move that on. So basically, you know, we're all hoping that he, he does the right thing. He's a businessman. He wants to make money. Um, if he bolts the horse, as he said, Newcastle can move forward and uh, may make up a lot of money out of the club. You know, we've got this new, I would imagine they'll be announcing a deal on the new shirts very shortly. And from an adult's point of view, you know, I'd buy a shirt if it hasn't got longer on the front. So, you know, and I, and I think that will be a lot of fun. So, you know. Do you think it's a perfect, it's, do you think it's a perfect time for him to leave? I think oh, well, yeah, yeah, I of think course. It's perfect, it's, isn't it? It is perfect. If there's somebody it? in place, Andrew, if there's somebody mm-hmm. in place who, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, as an owner, or why wouldn't you, as a businessman, maybe not want to look at Newcastle going back in the Premier League with Rafa Benitez managing the football club? You know, if you've got people well placed within the North East and, you know, you sit down and you look at the area and you, and you think, and, and, you know, football's absolutely massive in the area and it's great walking around. Well, he, the won four, he won his 400 million last time. Mm-hmm. Now, no matter what happens the way, if, to me, he doesn't. He doesn't want the hassle of it. I think it's been proved with his um, dealing with his own company when he has to come yeah. out and talk about his own company, and then he's linked with, with Newcastle. Is it? As I, I said to Neil already and and uh, Keith, there's a, there is an automatic disdain. But he has. But he has, though, in the past, Andrew, said, and I've read him, I've, I've seen him in quotes when he did that speech mm-hmm. on the telly, mm-hmm. and I've read in the paper, when he gets something or has something, mm-hmm. um, he, he inevitably wants it to be eventually successful, mm-hmm. regardless of when. He doesn't like things to fail, apparently, mm-hmm. um, so he always wants to make something successful. And if you remember the words that he used, he was talking about if Newcastle were competing in, he said, the Champions League, he said, we will go for it. I will go for it. You know, he was talking directly at that point in time. Of course, you know, you think about all the misdemeanors and all the things that have went wrong and things like that. And, you know, the book stops with him. I point the blame solely at him for the reason why we've got relegated twice in his tenureship. I point with the finger of blame right at him. But if it's true to his word, and he keeps to what he said. I, 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 I've even watched it back recently again, and I thought, well, you know, you've, saw, you've said these words. And, mm. you know, especially in the, in the thing that really, really, really always comes back to is it's this boat and horse thing, and he's got a massive, he's, he's, got a horse, he's got a horse ready there, ready, he's got a horse there which is ready to be bolted in the manager, and if he's just given the go-ahead, he's already planning, he wants to be here, there's no doubt about it. My mate from Liverpool, and um, there was a season ticket over down there, said Lee. Nobody plays the, um, the, the political game better than the guy that you've got in your hot seat at this moment in time. So he said, I would just be, I would just sit back, let him get on. Um, Jimmy Callagher pretty much said the same thing as well. Um, at the end of the day, Andrew, in the middle, if Rafa Benitez leaves Newcastle United, right, we all know why. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's no, there's no ifs or buts. So, if 
Rafa Benitez is not Newcastle United manager next season. It's because of they've moved the goalposts. And the club will just go back to being in the It would be, in, it in, would in be nice pit. to watch for it. Of course it would. You know, be. Be, be we'll go down, Andrew. We'll get relegated, yeah. Andrew. We'll go down. Because there'll, there'll be an air of negative, negativity from mm. the off. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing is, because he, is, he looks for a bargain, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. God, please, God, don't let it happen. But you can imagine he'll go for the next, the next best thing. He'll think, oh look at, look at that guy at Hull. He was, he wasn't an in. Oh, I'll bring him in because he's, he's, he's not Alan Pardew, because you know that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? But he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't surprise you in the least that he's already decided what he wants to do. I just think he mm-hmm. needs after his last interview, which I saw when he's talking about sports direct, and then he was talking about you cashing in. He was honestly, God, I've never seen anything like it. He, his comment was, "It." He called it "it" again. He called us this name, that name. And I was thinking, "Well, why bother?" You, you know, he's, he's like you said, get things in order, get the horse, get the horse bolted. But that's the problem with this guy. Yes, he doesn't. He, he doesn't want to lose faith. It's about losing faith and faith with what he believes is right. I think even with his own company, he said, listen, I'm going to put this guy, I'm not sacking this guy, this is my guy. Well, it's, just, it's me, it's the same thing as Rafa Benitez. This is my guy. That's all he has to do. That's my guy. I don't want to be involved in Newcastle, but this is my guy. Uh, bring your own staff in, bring your own, whoever you want to bring in, do it. But I, to me, just for his own peace of mind and for his own, um, his own direction, he needs to let go of Newcastle. He needs to give it to the people because, you know, there's plenty of people out there who want to make deals happen in Newcastle, in the community, in the MPs, in the whole, in the councils. You name it, they all want to do something. Just let them do it. I don't and know if he will. With this guy, he I don't know if he will. will I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will. You've got to bear in mind we're going back into the Premier League, and the you've got to. I mean, Neil will tell you. Obviously, uh, the Premier League is all over. I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that our stadium looks like a giant sports direct carrier bag, mm. obviously carries, carries advertising opportunities for them all over the world. And I do think that that has been a big thing for him. Um, so I, I, I don't know if he wants to give it up, Andrew. I really don't know. I mean, yeah, you're, you're here. You're here. Tittle-tattle here and there, but there's never been anything, there's never been anything con- uh, concrete out there, mm. really. Well, the last bit was um, about Louise from The Guardian. I brought up the fact that there was Chinese interest and all that good stuff. But, you know, there's lots of things in place now that um, when it comes to companies that aren't, you know, we haven't done been done the due diligence to say who they are. A couple of deals have fell through because of the fact that, you know, money, um, the money was coming from wasn't coming from the place it should be coming from. So... I think with Newcastle, it's going to be it's it's going to be watch and see because I can imagine Mike Ashley will be at St James Park this week, yeah, this week uh, to see what happens. Um, I, I, I think we'll get a, meeting them. I, I think we'll find out very quickly what's going mm-hmm. to happen. I think we'll find out very quickly because, by all accounts, uh, on the grapevine, Benitez already has targets identified, mm-hmm. players in mind, and he so wants cool. apparently. <laughs> and apparently, <he> was <laughs> imagine Jesus Christ. 
Anyway, I'll just bypass his name quickly. Um, he's he's already got. He's apparently he's already got six uh, six targets in mind, and he won six players in before we start preseason in, uh, in June, because he did last year. We make we did quick business because he wanted everyone prepared. Um, so well, I do give it a date for preseason, isn't he? Third of I July. Yeah, and that's him planning ahead, and I and I do think Andrew and Neil, I do think we will find out relatively quickly what's happening, and you know. All we need to do as fans, I mean, this week at work is going to kill me because I am desperate for Sunday. Um, all I want to do is get to the ground or get in the town and I'm going to be part of one of the biggest parties on Tyneside that has been for years. And God, I'm going to enjoy it because, you know, the last 10 years under his tenureship has been absolutely like pulling teeth, regardless of being in the championship. You know, we've got a huge game we're going into now because Brighton balled up the last two weeks. And, you know, the way things have fell into place, what's happened to Sunland and things like that, I just think maybe somebody's eventually up and down with us and going, all right, I'll give you a little bit of a kick in the right direction for one. So I hope it's not spoiled by the owner. Um, I don't see any reason why he would want to spoil it. I just, I would, I would just like I said, I would question the man's sanity if he does. But like I said, if he does and he, and he goes the wrong way and things fall apart, that's him finished here. It's done. It's over. You know, my seat will be empty. I'll probably still pay for my ticket because I don't want to give it up because it, what you've just touched on there is that you think that might be end game for him. I can't see why it wouldn't be. He, he would probably walk. But as for now, I think we'll just, so just sit back, chill, Appreciate what Benitez and his staff and the players have done this season, which, for my money, has been remarkable. What anyone says, and, I, and the big and the big thing about that is, we haven't had our top goal scorer available to us realistically since he got injured at Burton at Christmas time. So that tells you everything you need to know how good this squad of players has done. And when people said, "Oh, the squad's not really that strong," well, this squad is amalgamated at 91 points this season, and for the last couple of months or since Christmas, we've not been able to probably put. Our three best players on the pitch at the same time, I would say. That would be Kieran Clark, John Joe Shelby, and um, Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale being massive. He had 22 goals going into the Burton, after the Burton Albion game. And how many games has he played since? You know what I mean? I don't so, think he'll play on Sunday. I don't think he'll play on Sunday. Well, that's it, Andrew. So, yeah, so that so. tells you. That tells you exactly. You know, people move the goalposts and said, at the start of the season, we're almost saying, you're going to struggle. Yeah, he's not a championship manager. You're going to struggle. But, you know, you get idiots coming out now saying, well, you should have walked the league. <laughs> of course they're going to say that. They're absolutely devastated, man. The proper bit of even Sky, man. Sky. Every time when Brighton, when Brighton conceded the goal, I thought the yeah. commentators were going to cry. And when the game finished, I thought, I thought, either they're going to hang themselves, these commentators. So I think that's probably why they haven't put it on the telly at the weekend. They don't want to see the Newcastle fans celebrating. That's great, that, isn't it, Neil? That's a, I can't understand what's going on there. That's pathetic. Normally they always... Put the team because it, it's not it's not like an easy like you know to me it's a it's a great advantage to that the two teams going for a title fair enough I can understand the rele the relegation battle but it's a championship for God's sake it's the, the whole the whole enchilada yeah look man when when it comes to TV scheduling they, they always seem to do weird things think about like when we were in the in the championship last and they started moving games like the trip to Plymouth all of a sudden was moved. And and it's short notice, and don't don't really give two hoots about, um, you know, uh, 
it's just a joke, really, you know. But you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there early on on Saturday, I presume, you get to soak it all in and get used to, uh, you know, no, really no, enjoy I it. I'm it Sunday, but I could well and truly start drinking drinking on Saturday. Like. <laughs> I can't well, wait to see the Ben. I can't. Well, I can't. Now it is Andrew. Now it is Andrew. I can't wait to see the Ben because he is like been with us all season. I know he's only six, but I just think he's starting to get it. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that video I put on. It was a kid behind us who was videoing it, right? And I didn't realise he was videoing it. And George is like, George is like, you just Matt Ritchie stepping up with the tongue, and you just hear him shout, "Come on, Matt!" Like that. And then he's jumping around with me, he's like, I've got a hold of him, I'm jumping up and down, he's cuddling us all that, and he just goes, Dad, I think we're going to get promoted. <laughs> and I was just like, what? That? And I've got it on my phone, and I'll keep that there for probably forever. You know, things like that have kind of made this season what it is, and the fact that, like, Rafa Benitez is our manager, you know, such a, you know, a gentleman, and that, you know, he, when the game finished the other night, when we got promoted, he wandered around every single one of his staff shaking the hands. And I'm not just talking staff players, even the people who were taking the goalposts down. Mm. You know, that's what you want here. That's what we want. We want class like that. It, it, it's wonderful to watch. So I think we'll I think we'll turn up on Sunday, Andrew. I think the atmosphere will be absolutely bouncing. Gallagher flags, we're going to get the flags out. I'll help with all that. And uh, I think we'll... I think we'll win a bit three or four now. I really do. I think the players will come out all revved up, a bit like 1992 on the Blue Leicester away, 7-1. Um, so, I'm not really... I'd like to win the championship. If we don't, we do it. I'm still going to have the, the biggest hangover ever on Tuesday next week. <laughs> well, Neil, Neil was back in the, the northeast to to, um, to say thanks to his dad. He got a special um, uh, award uh, this week. What was it like for you, Neil, being back? Uh, unfortunately, obviously our schedules didn't match up, but for you being back on the ground and uh, saving what it was that night, how was it for you? Obviously, uh, all, you on the ground. Ultimately, all too short a trip for me, mate, because um, it was all arranged relatively last minute. Um, the, the, the reason I got a chance to come over was the moved one of the, the holidays over here at, at short notice, which meant I had time free and time spare to actually get on a plane and get me backside over. Um, it was it was fabulous to be in. It was fabulous to soak up the atmosphere. It was um, a, a, a great night. And I have to say, looking at them at, at Cardiff, they played like a team with the weight of the world lifted off their shoulders. So if they can go into the next game like that, um, you know, with that kind of attitude, well, we're, we're flying, aren't we? You know, um, I just hope we can carry that kind of attitude in into the next, into that game, because then, okay, we're then in the hands of whatever happens at Aston Villa, but whatever happens, happens. As I said to you at the start of the show, Andrew, promotion was the objective. We've done the objective. Anything else is just additional. And so we'll take whatever we can get from here, I think. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. I've got to bring me last guest, John. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you, you next week. I'll try and bring, a, I'll try and bring a, an, another big guest if I can before. You have, well, I'm, the, I'm, I'm still your biggest, so don't worry, I'll come on. <laughs>
We should have Keith back next week as well, so it'll be fun to have him back on. Oh, if you want to put me on, if you want to put me on with him, I'm fine. Go on, get it on. Don't worry, we'll be ready. Me, brother. Thanks, Lee. Take care. See you later. Draw, draw. Cheers. Bye-bye. See you later. Thanks. See you. Well, great to have Lee on the show, and obviously bringing my final guest this evening, that's John. Good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, Neil, Andrew, and Luigi, sir. So tell me, after the week, it has been in Newcastle, in Toon Talk land, it's been very interesting. What's been your take on all of it? And uh, obviously, it could be, it could get even more exciting if Newcastle lift the the trophy on Sunday. Hmm. <coughs> I mean, things can change, can it? Within a week, because Brighton's lost their lost the last two last two games. I think they lost mm-hmm. the last two games. And um, you know, and I tell you what, though, we're back in it. I mean, first of all, right? I mean, promotion was done. I'm really glad. And Newcastle's back in the big time, which is absolutely fantastic. And what a job has done. And I'm glad he stayed on, right? They see the job through, which is fantastic. And um, I, on, sat, on Sunday, we've got to win. But, uh, you know, I just think it's going to be... I just think we're back in it. I think you're going to win the trophy. I just can't see Brighton doing it. I think you're going to win it. And, um, yeah, it's brilliant. I think when it comes to... When it comes to um, the fact that Newcastle... You know, a couple of weeks ago, we're out of it because Brighton more or less had said, right, okay, we're in charge of this now. Uh, we can only lose it, and they have. <laughs> I don't think uh, <laughs> you know they're getting the big boy pants on. It's like, okay, you know, Newcastle followed train at the wrong time, and I don't think anybody could have thought that they would have. You know, maybe it's, sometimes it's you, you get promoted too quickly, and it, when you look at their celebrations when they they won their last game. It was like, oh, you know, that to me was when they, to me that's when they'd won it, they'd won everything. So it is hard to come back and play another couple of games and get that excitement that you have when you've won that game that gives you automatic promotion. So I can understand it why they they dipped because footballers are you know they're all, in their minds they're already on the beach, John. Well, I mean um, they can celebrate as much as they want, but um, like I said, like I said, red time get beat. We just come back. We come back stronger, sort of thing. And if Brown was to mess up, sort of thing, it's up to them. But Tom, I can concern on my club, and um, we, we just done our jobs. We just did our job winning the last two games. They lost, and they lost the last two games. I think um, Rafa wants to concentrate in every single game. And I think the last two games we played, we've been absolutely fantastic. I mean, the first half on Friday night wasn't great. But the second half was much, much better, which is a fantastic performance. That's why we're put behind Brighton with a game to go. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a special celebration that day. I think I think what it comes down to is obviously it's the team, but I I think um, the fact that the warmth towards Rafinha's but when especially when you was when you were here, uh, Neil, you know the the mm. affection towards Rafa Benitez has been quite extraordinary because. You know, Newcastle fans, for a long, long time, we've put down, as we know, well, weekly in the media, haven't we? But when it, well, when it comes to Newcastle... Look, the the yeah. one thing we said when he came in was Rafa didn't need time to get it. Didn't need time to understand what Newcastle United was all about. And what he's actually done is he's demonstrated he didn't just get it. Yeah. He had a working handle on it pretty much from the off. He knew... Um, you know, he understood that synergy that's there, and he understood what we need to hear and we need to see. 
Um, and I think he's he's and he's he's demonstrated it his entire time from coming in and all the way through this season. And I think that's why there's that connection, that affection, that ability to connect. There's no there's been no learning curve. There's been and there's also been no bullshit. He's been pretty straight from day one. And that's something that else that we, we ask for. We don't want bullshit and excuses and the grass was too long and the crowd got carried away, all the crap that Pardew came out with. You know, we so we see through stuff like that. Um and he and he, and he, he, he calls it as it is and as he sees it and he, he's honest and straight with the you know, um and yeah, he's political, and he'll give a coy answer. He'll tell you lots without telling you anything sometimes. But that's 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 the expert communicator in him, and I think that's that's the bottom line. And I think that's why there's the connection there. Yeah, I, I think John, when it comes to, it was interesting what Keith said when Rafa was discussing um, the arrest, the, the raid on Newcastle this week. That he sensed with Rafa that uh, there was real. Um, you know, concern about it more than um, a bit disappointed in it than than what he actually came out with, and that was interesting to me. That you know, it, it kind of it's not like devaluing what he's done, but that raid, uh, you know, kind of you know put the kibosh on what the, we've actually achieved this season. Oh, I was absolutely showed that news about to the next year about nine o'clock, and yeah. my God, I mean, I couldn't believe yeah, what I was hearing. Right, so in um, the really last club, I thought it was going to be a spot of bother there. It's what it wants to do with the taxes, the HMRC. Yeah. I thought it was going to be in spot of bother, but for me, if I just say this, right, I mean, if you're going to get done for it, I heard Neil said earlier on, or could be someone, it could take about eighteen months to two years to actually go through the course yeah. if we do if we do get charged for it right and I don't I don't think the effort's going to get involved in this because it's an HMRC thing if, if you if we're in administration if you've got any insolvency they just get points adopted fair enough but if a fan girl do any wrongdoings which is the 5 million I think it's a 5 million pound in um, tax and a life word mm-hmm. right then I think it should be a heavy heavy fine and that's it but I don't think the effort should get involved with this. I don't just know to do the effort here. Well, I think it could, like uh, Keith said, in, in Scotland, had the same issue with seven years in. So, you know, mm. um, seven years is a long time to wait for uh, what's going on behind the scenes because obviously lawyers will be saying this, this and this. So it's, good, it's definitely going to be interesting, that side of it. But I, can, mm. I think what Keith said, you know, he didn't want to hear it. I, I don't think, you know, uh, Rafa didn't want to hear about it because... It's not at all. Not at all. Because he just wants to. He wants to get his team up, which he's done. He wants mm-hmm. us to hopefully win the win the league, and then you know, as Alan Alan Shearer's saying a lot on social media on TV that you can that he has to show no no mercy to that Newcastle team, and I hundred percent agree. We yes, it's nice to be able to have a, a players uh, come in that you know that sign five year contracts. But fundamentally, if he has to destroy that team and start a new team in the Premier League, well, you know, it, it's irrespective of money. It's, it's yeah. going to be something that has to happen. And, you know, we have to start bringing have players coming in from mm-hmm. the academies because it's not happening. Even now, I can't, I can't even think of one player that's coming through in the academy. But I'm telling you one thing, with Rav Benitez in charge, 
there'll be there'll be a steady stream coming through that actually are good. I totally agree with you there. I mean, Rafa knows exactly what he wants and sure as I mean, need about 100 million to spend on that team. And the thing is, Rafa knows exactly who to buy, who he wants. And I'll tell you something, Mike Ashley, remember a couple of years ago when he said that, I mean, not be leaving a club or sell a club until we actually win something, right? Mm-hmm. Two years ago, this is his biggest chance yet. Mm-hmm. My advice to, um, to Mike Ashley is give Rafa what he wants. That's the 30 million profits he made last season. Put an extra 70 million on top for getting up, right? And give Rafa exactly what he needs to buy to keep our team in the Premier League. And Ashley Chance, because you don't want to go to Man United, excuse me, with a substandard team, what we've got now, right? The old traveller to get absolutely stuffed. Rafa doesn't want that. Rafa wants a team. He's gonna comp- he's gonna build a team which will be able to compete and go for like the top eight, top nine maybe, or at least win a trophy. And that's what Rafa wants. He does not want to go in a season unprepared. Mm. Yeah, because I don't that, that's, the thing, it, right? <laughs> that's the thing. It's like how much how much money, like people obviously tonight. Uh, Keith said he reckons seventy five million. Um, but you've got to do. We, you have to factor in the money that um, they they saved, plus uh, the the money that we get from the Premier League that for when we went down anyway. So the, to me, there's a, a huge amount of money, and mm-hmm. you know the thing is, I have to be thinking, well, okay, 100 million this million. I think you know, I think people have mentioned that uh, it might not be about the money, but it has to somewhere along the lines it has to be about the right amount of money because you've got two more windows coming up. So he's, he's, you know, we can't get to the stage last like like we had in January. Which fair enough. The more you talk about that deal for um, Townsend, it was horrific. <clears throat> you know, if you're spending thirty million, he has to he has to pay a loan of three million. Well, that's impossible. Really. I wouldn't pay that myself at all. There's no way. I mean, I wouldn't do that. Three million. Be that money. You can imagine whoever like told. You know, imagine the, I can imagine the pressure that was on Lee Charlie because he knows next day he's going to have to speak to Robin. <laughs> and you know, this is the problem that Charlie has now is it's all about us. To me, it's about it's all about the owner, what happens, what he what he wants to do because the club is set up really. I think it it could be set up for him to say goodbye, and that's that's only my thinking behind it because you know it, it's it's going to take a lot of investment. And mm-hmm. that's one thing he's never really done, apart from the season when we went down and he, he said, here's a, a bundle of money. But he knew he had the backdrop of the money from the Premier League to back that up. So that's the thing about him. It, it's going to be a very quick decision. And um, you would hope by, well, I can't sit and talk until Sunday now, because um, oh, no. I can imagine Ashley will be in town on uh, for that day. He has to. He has to be on Sunday. I'm sure he'll be here for the match on Sunday, definitely, because he wants to see Rafa anyway. But he just mentioned about two transfer windows there, right? It may need two transfer windows um, next season to see how things go the first half part of the season, and then if we're in a, a position where we could spend a bit more money and push on for Europe, sort of thing, maybe he's or maybe a bit too ambitious, then just go for it. Rafa is a winner. He knows exactly what's needed. He's a world-class manager, sort of thing. So Mike should just sit back and let Rafa do what he wants to do. Because 
We've got a fantastic stadium. You know that. We get 52,000 people every week, right? And we deserve something better. And if Rafa, given that chance, I can guarantee you now, the club will be going upwards and upwards and upwards all the time with Rafa in charge. And the good times will just be here. Yeah. Let's hope yeah. so, because... Let's um, hope so, yeah. Well, give, me a say, give me a scoreline for, for Sunday, because I've got to end the show right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. So. I think it'll be a comfortable win. I've got to say Newcastle three Barnsley nil, right? And also, Valgoura. Rafa, I'm going to make a prediction now. Rafa is going to steer because I think he's going to come to a compromise between the two. Mm. He's going to come to the middle, and I believe that Rafa's going to steer next season. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, thanks for coming on, John. Sorry, you have to wait a while, but thanks very much, and we'll, we'll catch yes, you John. next week on the final show, okay? Fantastic. Looking forward to it, lads. Enjoy you, guys. Thank you. Take care now. Thanks for John coming on the show. Obviously, my main guest tonight was. With Keith, Keith Downey, uh, Keith Downey of Sky Sports, and we will catch you quite soon on our podcast. Just go to Toon Talk, and you'll be able to listen back to the show, and obviously post links to the show as well. Thanks very much again as well to Neil Mitchell, uh, calling from Dubai, my regular Cheers, commentator, and we'll catch you next week on the final show of the year. Thanks, then. in Toon Talk, you'll be able to download the show and listen back to your heart's content. And thanks very much to Keith Downey, our main guest tonight, with many other various guests we have on the show. It's been a fantastic one more week to go, and hopefully.